welcome to my world. I'm your host, Kevin Rutherford. It is Wednesday, June 21st. The summer solstice started just a couple of minutes ago. We're kicking off the summer, so welcome to summer. We've got a great show lined up today. Lauren's here with me, so let's uh, let's bring Lauren in. Lauren, good morning. Lauren? Uh-oh. Is anybody hearing me? Sorry about that, Kevin. Yeah. Yes, I hear you. Okay, that <laughs> <laughs> uh, panic. I've been, happy summer. Yeah, happy summer. I've been fighting technology all week, and I just had a moment of panic again. Um, but we're we're oh, good. No. Yeah. Good. Did Did you realize summer just started a couple minutes ago? I didn't know it was a couple minutes ago, but I did know today was the start of summer because it's actually my brother's birthday. So oh, got it. Well, it was our guest that tuned us into the fact that it was starting just about the time he was coming on our show. Oh, so cool. Yeah. So maybe we should bring our guest in and just get started today. What do you think? That sounds like the plan. All right. Joining us today, we've got Tim Cunningham. He's the founder and developer of Smell Taste Technology. Most of our listeners would probably know him better as the creator of Light Balance. Tim, welcome back. Hey, good to be here. Happy summer. <laughs> Happy summer. What a what a great way to kick off the show, huh? Summer just started. Yep, that's perfect. Thanks, Kevin, for having me on board. Yeah, so uh, before we get to Light Balance, we want to talk about Light Balance. Let's talk about your company. What, what um, you know, I think a lot of people would look at this and go, smell, taste, technology? What's this all about? So clue us in here. <laughs> well, Smell, taste, that is your oldest technology in your body. We're going back more than millions. We're going back a long way to when we first crawl out of the mud, if that's your story, or if you're learning how to smell and taste, why is it a technology? Kevin, right now, sitting in the back of your nose, about the size of the, about the, size of the tip of your thumb, is a brain called the chemosensory brain. And this brain is responsible or measure, measuring and monitoring and sensing what's going on in the world around you. Now you have touch, you know that. You've got seven senses total, maybe eight, who knows. Right. But the most important one for your, the most important one is your smell and taste. It leads you to what you need to do to take care of yourself. So we decided to focus on that. As, uh, as smelling and tasting your products can help you determine whether you need them to assist you in your healing quest. Interesting. So I, I, I know a little bit about this. You've educated me before, but I didn't know about that little brain at the back of our nose. I learned something new today. It's, um, it's fascinating. 3% of our DNA, which is a large chunk, even though there's a lot of DNA out there, it's a large chunk of DNA to be devoted to a particular organ whose main job is to give you three key pieces of information and do it in a hurry. You get, when you take a sniff, and I want to be clear, a sniff is different than just smelling. A sniff could be compared to squinting your eyes to see something or focusing. Oh. It actually activates different Interesting. Brains. Yeah. Okay. Right. It's fascinating that this organ that does so much for us is like, huh, what is that? And I hate the name, chemosensory. I've tried to figure out a better name because <laughs> it's chemo. Oh, I know. You know it sounds however, so bad. 
It was, you know, that that's similar to keto because in the beginning, everybody right. associated it with ketoacidosis and it was just a big negative. So you're right. I agree. So this, um, if you think about taking a snip of something, it means you're deliberate. And generally speaking, before we had preserved foods back when we were running amok in the, in the woods, just trying to find food. That was one of the ways that you found food by using your sense of smell. Right now, the best example is just your dog. You watch what they do. They get outside, they got their nose to the ground, and they're off. That's a big conversation for them. And for us, it's also a very big conversation. Most of what we do every day is subtle, but technically, you get three pieces of identification from a sniff of a particular substance. Now, I'm not talking about pizza yet. We could go there. Uh, or or what they do at the donut shop when you walk in and go, whoa, this smells yeah. really good. Yeah, right. that's, that, that's a part of the equation, but I want to narrow it down like taking a, a paragraph apart into a sentence and a sentence apart into letters. Your nose is capable of actually making letters out of what you smell very distinctly. And uh, pizza would be like, uh, that'd be like a long poem as far as your nose is concerned. There's hundreds of flavors in a pizza. Right. But when you look at a, when you look at a specific nutrient, and let's, if we go to a rose, you still have a whole vocabulary of smells going on. But it makes one coherent note that your nose recognizes as the smell of rose or the smell of fresh cut grass or even your favorite perfume. Those can be known to you like a song or story, right? Yes, I have in one. Your can, I, can I give an example? Yeah, great. So it, I, I'm a big gardener. I talk about my garden all the time. And my garden is a, a mix of all kinds of things. It's vegetables, it's herbs, it's flowers, medicinals, fruits, berries. I grow just anything. I love growing stuff. Um, one of my additions to the garden this year, because I put in some new trellising, was a big jasmine plant. The, the smell every morning and every night. I go out and check the garden first thing in the morning. I check it before I go to bed at night. And I walk over there and I just take a big, deep inhale. It, it affects my brain waves in a very positive way. It's such an intoxicating smell. Now, have you had, um, have you had a lifetime around jasmine? Do you remember as a child having any jasmine in, near you in the fields or... Nothing consistent, but what I remember is every time I encounter jasmine, I just love that fragrance. Like it, like it has a physical effect on me. All right. So in my world, we'd say, well, we don't know how many generations that goes back in your DNA. Even if you don't remember it like an actual event, your body is tuned to something in that. Yeah. Interesting. Mm -hmm. I have that. I have that with uh, gardenia. I have a very fond memory with my great-grandmother and my grandmother always picking gardenias and floating them in bowls of water around the house. And every time I smell one, it brings me this amazing feeling and joy. Great. That's exactly what I'm talking about. We actually have a 3D memory system when it comes to smell and taste. It's quite a bit different. Even though our eyes can see 3D, people don't really grok that our noses are actually filming and memorizing in 3D. That's, that's my favorite thing, and that's why it's called smell-taste technology. But the way it relates to what we do with biochemistry and health, you get three quick hits off of a snip or a smell. 
the identity of something, which we just discussed, being able to name gardenias or um, jasmines. Intensity, how strong is it? Oh, it's very faint. I can't quite grab it. Or, whoa, that's overwhelming. Mm-hmm. And then we get an immediate sense of whether it's dangerous or safe. If you've ever been in a situation where you walked into a building or a room or uh, walked by your truck or anything, and it was like, whoa, what is that? And you move away quickly before you even have a chance to identify it. That is your DNA responding with the fight or flight to get out of here now. This is amazing that it goes through your whole body and it gives you an answer in, in microseconds to move away. So, Interesting. Very sharply. T- and this has protected us. If you're here today, the way I put this, you and Lauren, if you're here today or anybody listening, that means you survived a whole lot of issues going on through your DNA where your sense of smell probably saved your life. Amazing. Yeah. Never thought about it. So that is one of the oldest e-sensory parts of the body. It goes back to our oldest set of brains in our body. If we go through the limbic mammalian, reptilian, limbic mammalian, forebrain, everything up to the front and moment of what we know about consciousness, smell cuts through to the base of that. Okay. All right. Now, why does that matter for you as we talk about smell taste technology? When I was introduced to my mentor nearly 43 years ago, he had this idea that following what animals do, and there's a lot of research about free choice and animals being able to self-select the nutrients they need if they're in a large enough environment where they can roam and look. I'll point you to the uh, Colgate Licks up in the Loxaw River. Here's a famous place where the hillside is tumbled stones and a spring and a hot spring and water running down it and the rocks are coated with minerals and the animals would find their way and all of the tribes that lived in the area throughout time would go there to hunt because the animals were always looking for minerals. Right? So, John's theory was, well, if animals can do it, why can't we? Ah. So, we created, we created this taste kit for minerals and found out that you could go to the shop here and find a, a little uh, bunch of cups that are all marked with all the electrolytes that are in light balance and we can all taste them take a pinch put it in water and sip it and go oh oh that's potassium chloride no this one's phosphate potassium phosphate so you can develop a relationship to all of those tastes and now we're talking letters specific nutrients once you involve yourself in that training you can actually smell vitamins that are pure meaning there's nothing in them but the vitamin and maybe something to hold it together no flavors no uh, perfumes right so you can develop the ability to actually sense your way through what things your body is actually asking you for or telling you uh you read it in a magazine that you need something and you're like oh i'll just get a bunch of that and it's like yeah why don't you think about tasting it or smelling it or you put it in your mouth what a what a strange concept. Uh, you know, for me it was. I remember the first time I was exposed to it was at the NTA with my training. They they had us do this. We tasted minerals, and I, I know we'll get into that um, how you taste it, what you're looking for. But I, I was I was very skeptical. 
I, I thought, oh, come on. That, that, that kind of sounded like hocus pocus to me. And But it's so easy to prove. And, and they proved it to me. And it was, um, it was really eye-opening. I have a question for you. I don't want to interrupt the flow here. But the idea of taste and smell, um, I think my wife and I are great examples of opposites. She has an incredibly sensitive taste and smell system, like unbelievable. And I seem to be the opposite. I, I love to cook, but I don't have a very good palate. Like I, I'll create a dish from nothing, brand new idea, whole new concept. I'll finish it. It'll be good. She'll take it and start cooking it herself and she'll always make it better. And when she makes ah. it better, I'll be able to tell that she made it better, but I couldn't taste those things to make that change. Do you know what I mean? And, and my question is, well, can you develop that? Oh, that's a great question. Look, Kevin, I'm sure you can sketch out on a napkin how to get a job done. And I'm sure that's quite a bit different than you producing a piece of art we're going to put up in a gallery. So, right, yeah, okay. You can develop, right? It's rudimentary, and you can get elementary about it, just, you know, being able to take off a small amount. Like, I have absolute confidence that you could taste your way through the minerals because they're very specific. Yes. But I will add, yeah, it takes a little more training, but you're... I don't want to use the word gross, but I want to use the word in a, uh, a softer sense. There are, you know, there are carpenters who do uh, framing and they're called rough carpenters. And then there are cabinet makers that are actually, so it's, it's all available to you as a carpenter of smell, but your skill set can be developed or it's basically general, you know, and like Lauren was immediately able to call up a memory of what she was going through when she remembered the smell, this has to do with some different kind of sensory apparatus that women have that's a little different than men most of the time. Not always. So along those, along those lines, one of the things I saw that absolutely fascinated me, and I, I don't think it was a gimmick or a hoax, because I've seen it in other foods, wines, chocolate, coffee, all kinds of things, where people are almost considered super tasters. And the one I saw that yeah. I thought was just incredible was with oysters. There was a guy who could not oh. only tell you what kind of oyster it was, that that's a stretch for me, just by taste. He didn't see it, he just tasted. He could tell you what kind of oyster, there's lots of different oysters, but he could tell you where it came from in the world, what part of the ocean, and in some cases, like his specialty was Pacific Northwest oysters, where I am, he could tell you which side of the bay it may have come from. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great, that's amazing. So it's funny, one of the uh, gentlemen that I studied uh, was a fellow that had a photographic memory for perfumes. And this fella could actually uh, discern the base notes and what the actual, the chemical names that were making up wow. this perfume. He has a collection going back into the 1800s, the beginning of Coco Chanel's brand. This taught me that some people are not only super smellers, but they also have photographic memories. But Kevin, if we go back to the idea of the story, the little sentences into words and, and the little letters themselves, all of us have this skill set if they want to develop it. My uh, daughter's going to school to become a wine sommelier, a uh, person that helps pour the wine and select them. Right. This has been one of her desires ever since she was a kid. She has hundreds of different wines she's tasted, and she can remember all of them and where they come from. 
Yep, we have that ability. I was just really, really happy when I could tell the difference between a Merlot and a Cabernet. (laughs) I still don't understand, but (laughs) I like the taste, you know. Yeah. Uh, That's not one I've... But but I can tell the difference between a copper sulfate and a magnesium chloride. Well, there you go. Okay. Uh, No. And you said earlier, is there a technique? Yeah, there's... I just thought of something. One of is, yeah. is one of the ways we're identifying wines by their mineral content. Okay, so the terroir or the the land that they come from, right. yes, that would be like the mineral structure exactly. Okay, interesting. You know, it's, like, it's like it's an elemental thing. It's it's got baked into it, uh, not just the minerals, but also kind of the way they hook up together and what their you know length is and there's so many things that go with that kevin that the answer is yep wow that's part of it okay yeah actually kevin i i recall taking some wine classes when i was in culinary school and one of the things that really stood out to me was there was an area in italy where the white wine came from and i recall it having a very we would use the word a very minerally taste to it because of how close it was to the ocean and it would pull that into, you know, into oh. the, the actual wine. Like, right. Okay. So I, I've, mm-hmm. I think I've made it clear. I'm not a super taster. I'm kind of the opposite, but there are a couple examples. One and wine is a good one. I used to drink wine quite often. I've cut way back for health reasons, but uh, I still enjoy it occasionally. There is a specific wine that I can pick out every time and I can tell you if it came from a certain region or not. And it's wow. a, a New Zealand Sauvignon Blanc from the Marlborough region. I can pick them out every time. Now, if it's not from there and it's a Sauvignon Blanc, I can't tell you where it came from. But if it is from there, I can always pick that one out. It's got a, such a distinct taste to me. So. You can think of that as like somewhere you're rooted in that particular uh, framework of a smell. It's three-dimensional. It's like you know it. And you wonder, how do I know that, but not that? That's part of what the mystery is when you go look at the sense of what our noses can do and taste buds can do and how deep they go into our DNA. And they actually consider it's in our unconscious or subconscious. It's not something we're consciously aware of. So here's something I I would, uh, I'm going to guess at this, but I think I'm probably correct. I I would say that our modern world has really kind of muted these powers for us. (laughs) In a study done by the Wall Street Journal uh, almost 20 years ago now, the amount of money that was going into researching food science to manipulate your behavior and how you choose foods was almost 50 times greater than the money going into how to help you develop any kind of awareness about your sense of smell. Yeah. Now, it's uh, food science and food chemistry is so far ahead of all of us, it's a wonder we even like consider that our noses and our taste buds have work to do other than be pleased by people that, as we talked about wine, there's a lot of wines that are created today because they fit a performa, uh, I guess you call it a calendar, a performa structure that seems to be uh, chemically achievable uh, by blending the right chemistry on top of just fermenting the grapes and picking a good uh, uh, grape to start with. And that's a big part of the market right now. It's manipulated to give you that feeling or that taste. Uh, one of the famous 
pastry companies that is in practically every mall has it nailed down to that wonderful wafting smell of butter and cinnamon and sugar <laughs> cooked. Everybody yeah. knows what you're talking cartoons, about. <laughs> right? Right? The old cartoons where the little ghost finger would come out and hook them by the nose and draw them in somewhere. So this is one of the reasons we would like to push back and say, look, the smarter you get, about knowing what nutrients you need and testing things by using your sense of smell and taste, the more capable you are of guiding your own destiny health-wise. And I think that's really one of the reasons why I, 42 years ago, the same thing happened to me, Kevin, that happened to you. I was shocked to see that all these minerals had a different taste. I was shocked to find out that my blood pressure, heart rate, body temperature, was like tracked to what my tastes were and as they changed because I, uh, this is all tied together it, it's, deeply. It's really such a fascinating topic. It's almost never discussed, never talked about. So many people have never been introduced to the concept at all. Uh, so I, I'm really I, glad we're doing this. You know, I, I talk about, Lauren, have you watched the new season of Alone yet? Not the new one. No, I yeah. haven't. So, and, and in, the, I'm pretty sure it was the first episode. There's only been two. So, uh, Tim, the show alone, I don't, I don't know if you're familiar with it or not. It's on the... I'm familiar with the show. Okay. So, I, I watch it a lot because we talk a lot about hunter-gatherers and how we evolved and, and right. what we need to do to be healthy. And it's just fascinating to watch the show. But I... The, and I don't remember this before, but in, I think, the first episode of the season, the guy smelled something. I, and that's, I mean, he's out in the woods, and I forget what he caught the scent of. It might have been a moose. Um, I don't remember what it was. But it was so odd for me, because most of the time, humans don't walk around smelling things anymore. You know, I think we've almost well, lost our connection to this consciously. But he was using that sense consciously for survival. And that's when it really dawned on me. We've probably really lost a lot of that. We have. A, we live in a pretty muted uh, lab. That's the way to put it. I think if you spend a little more time in the wild, I'm sure a lot of your people spend, your tribe spends a lot of time, uh, not just in the cities and on the highways, but also out in the woods if they get a chance or out fishing. I think you just have to be exposed to it. It's... Living in a city is really oppressive in terms of sense, and you have a lot of uh, petrochemical. Driving a truck is tough because, again, oh, yeah. the smells that the smells that go with your truck are not the smells that waft off a forest. Right, that's not even not close. Yeah, and so that's a really good thing to be aware of. That uh, taking some time and and really, this, gosh, when it had thunderstorm the other day, walking in the woods afterwards was, oh my gosh, a bouquet of just these incredible wet, smoldering-ish kinds of smells coming off a hot day and a rainstorm. It was like, wow. Yeah. So, yeah, we what we're exposed to is, is what we get used to. And when we get used to it, uh, you know, something it takes something to crack through that. Interesting. Yeah. All right. So let's, we, we've been primarily focused on smell so far, and but this is also taste smell. And those two are completely intertwined, right? Absolutely. Actually, about 60% of whatever you're tasting is part of your smelling because in the back of your throat, that where that, that little brain is hung, it's right behind your nose, kind of at the top of the back of your throat. It's doing its job radar, like picking up all these different 
chemicals in there as you're chewing and as you're talking and having a sip of wine. And it's sending all those informations around your body in milliseconds, microseconds, uh, pentoseconds. It's just so quick. It, it's happening in real time and it's three-dimensional. So smell is the larger part of taste, actually, even though our taste buds are arrayed on our tongue and they used to think there was, oh, this side's for sweet, this part's for salty. This, they actually, they're like a team full of really well-developed players. They can play any role as a taste bud and they function together really, really well to sense opening, uh, attraction, um, or closing uh, repulsion. And that's pretty much how they work, attractive or not attractive. Hmm. Hmm. Very interesting. Very. Yeah, it really is. I so, have a oh, go ahead, Laura. So, Tim, I know that a lot of people had lost their sense of smell during COVID. Yep. And I was wondering, I, I had done a ton of research because I personally lost my sense of smell when I got it. But uh, it slowly started to come back. I never lost my sense of taste, thank goodness. But I don't smell the, the same way anymore. Like, things are skewed. My sense of smell is skewed. Very strange. Okay, that's um, you bring up a really great uh, aspect of, of what happens and what especially happened in COVID. There's a couple of related issues that I want to bring up. Uh, taste and smell can be separated a bit. As, like you said, you could taste. Okay, so this is a much different sensory organ in a couple of ways. And one of them is that it's a wet sensor. Your nose is mostly a dry sensor. So mm. That's the first. Try to think about that. Right about where your nostrils are, you don't want to put anything else under the water. Got it? Mm. Your mouth can be water okay so i look at it like a wet and dry system and then if you're in the in really really dry climes you don't smell as well certain smells they travel a little bit better with the dampness okay that's the general let's go back to the specific it's true that we lost a chapter here in covid and we're still studying how did we lose our sense of smell there's there's evidence that there are certain things that cause people to lose their sense of smell earlier whether it be a stroke or in some other diseases. But one of the things that we found out about using zinc as a nasal spray uh, caused some serious questions about whether it was healthy to do that. You can take zinc and drink zinc. You can uh, have a pill of zinc, but I, I will never, ever put zinc up my nose. And the reason for that is some of the receptors in your nose, the scent receptors, you use a zinc ion for transferring the frequency of the smell or the shape of the smell to your brain. So number one, I don't know if COVID is related to a zinc deficiency in your nasal system. I, I really couldn't tell you, but I'm perplexed by the fact that the variations of loss of smell or taste, the time it takes to get it back, a lot of things come back. It feels, and again, this is just my intuition is that the COVID actually cost you something in terms of biochemistry, and over time you regain that biochemistry. That's the best I can do with that one. Interesting. Yeah, I smell sulfur, and sulfur things are so much richer, like eggs. I can taste the eggs, the sulfur in the eggs, and coffee doesn't even smell normal to me anymore. It's very odd, and I've done research, and I can't figure out what exactly it is. There was that zinc component did come up, but there doesn't seem to be enough um, studies on it to really say, hey, you might have a zinc deficiency. I right. don't know. Right. No, this is, 
this is part of the challenge. Uh, individuality is really, this is what we're talking about. Kevin, I talked yeah. about this smell and taste, but it's the last mile. And when we did all of our internet stuff, you know, everybody's like laying cable and getting this all set up, but it was really the last mile that mattered, getting it into your actual house and having it work for your set. Uh, individuality, biochemical individuality is one of the reasons why smell and taste technologies are so important that we learn how to own them. So, Lauren, to your issue, um, you can smell sulfur strongly. Good. Okay. How does bleach smell? Oh, that's a good question. I never use bleach, so I don't know. <laughs> so, so bleach is a, is a chloride molecule, generally chlorides and sulfurs. They're kind of like on opposite sides of the spectrum. And if mm -hmm. one of them is Powering. My my question is always, well, is the other one underpowering? And how do they balance? How do they balance each other? Now, I'm not asking you to go to put your nose in a, a barrel of bleach, but if you had um, some bleach at home and you, and I'm talking so diluted, it's like, yeah, I don't want you to mess with an open bottle. My point is that <laughs> all of all these minerals have their pluses and minuses, and they go against each other and for each other. They're complementary. They're antagonistic. It's like, oh, my gosh, if you tried to map this out, you would go crazy. And that's why when you look at nutrients, Lauren, you can do this on your own. You could taste like, um, let's see, table salt, just plain sodium chloride and water and see how it tastes. And then put uh, the same amount uh, in another glass of sodium bicarbonate. The carbonates are going to taste different than the chlorides, and the carbonates might even ease some of the sulfur. So you see, there's a there's a whole bunch of alphabet soups you can put together to test out. Well, how's that working for you? <laughs> so yeah, that's, oh, that's about I as just smelled some bleach, and uh -huh. I didn't really smell much, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so again. All of these minerals have roles in uh, on the periodic table of elements. You can look at them. And it's interesting because sodium, potassium, calcium, and uh, magnesium all hang out together on the same side. And on the other side, you've got your chlorides and your zincs. And uh, so to me, this is a fascinating uh, exploratory that you can do on your own, that you can look at like our mineral set, Kevin, that you guys carry. You can taste the differences. There's chloride, sulfurs in there. Uh, you, and this is one of the explorations we need to be more invested in for our own way. Lauren, you right there, you know, looking at chlorides, hyperchlorite in bleach and really not having a reaction to it, but having a high reaction to sulfur. Well, OK, so that just means you're kind of more full of sulfur than you are chlorides. Mm -hmm. now, I don't you drink any bleach, please. <laughs> hear me clear. But, but uh, honestly. Um, okay, but um, sodium chloride is table salt, and you can, you know, if you like salt, you can use sodium chloride, okay? Um, potassium chloride is available as a, an alternative. You can buy it as an alt salt, and you could get some and pinch it and taste it. So giving yourself permission to explore food, things, okay, I want to be clear. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's not a bad idea. And recognizing that, huh, something's off. So then I always say to myself, well, we're all dialing in what kinds of things we want in our health. And if you notice that you're skewed a little bit, all you really have to ask yourself is, what do I need to do to dial into a more uh, rounded, a fuller spectrum of smells and tastes? Because that's really where you want to be. Yeah. So Interesting. Let's talk specific about how the taste and score works. Just give us an okay, example so of, of how we would use the taste and score. 
So you take the drops, let's take the potassium, potassium phosphate is the one we use for mineral number one. And so you're tasting two things at once, but your body usually does that. You very rarely experience one element alone. They're always paired up with somebody. So you put the 10 drops of potassium phosphate in a glass, like eight ounces or four ounces even. And we found out, uh, we don't tell everybody this, but hey, you can even put one drop of that on your finger and lick it. I mean, it's safe to do. Got but it. each three of those t- experiences is going to be different. One, uh, 10 drops in eight ounces of water, 10 drops in four ounces of water, and a drop on your finger are all differences of intensity, okay? Oh, it's very weak. Oh, it's really strong there. Okay, that's intensity. It's one of the three things I said you get from a smell or a taste, identity, intensity, and dangerousness. Okay, so it's not likely you're going to find anything dangerous in any of our minerals. But Lauren might say, well, I really don't like the copper sulfate. And I'd say, well, we don't really know if that's the sulfur thing that's bugging you. And it doesn't taste that good, so you don't use it. So when you drop those drops into water and take a sip, what you're looking for is not exactly like taste like a pizza. It's more like how does your mouth react to it? Does it dry out your tongue? Or does it make it a little kind of like, oh, that's kind of weird. It tastes really thick and it's kind of makes me salivate a little bit. Okay, well, there's a clue right there, right? You salivate because your rest rest and digest cycle opens up. Now, if I put a skin patch on you, Kevin, and I was measuring your uh, skin response and you sipped something that was good for you, your skin response would like read opening up. In other words, you're opening up to that, whatever that was you put in your mouth. The opposite Mm -hmm. of that would be kind of close back in the coil. Ooh, I don't like the taste of that. I just don't like it. People say, oh, I don't know if I want to explore something unpleasant. Oh, come on. We're talking about something that's way less than what your grandma if for medicine, right? Exactly. Your grandma would say, oh, just medicine. Okay. Minerals are the earth's medicine. They can taste sweet like sugar. You're all familiar with Epsom salts. In Germany, it's called bitter salt because it can be very bitter. But if you've been around Epsom salts long enough, you'll notice there are times when Epsom salts can taste like sugar. And you're like, okay, this is not sugar. It should not be sweet. It's magnesium and sulfur. What is going on? Well, your body has the ability to tell you something is sweet like sugar, even if it's not. And it's kind of like a, it, it psychs you out a little bit. It's like, whoa. What was that? <laughs> there are a, there are a couple of minerals that will do that, um, and, and they're the more common ones to run out of. And aren't we programmed to seek sweet? Well, of course we are, but we're programmed to seek sweet because we didn't find it very often in nature. Correct. Right. That's kind of what I was getting to. Yeah. Yeah. The psychology of that is, yes, well, if you make it sweet, everybody will like us. Mikey likes it. I mean, yes. However... Being discreet uh, about your sweet tooth or being discriminatory about your sweet tooth is highly recommended. Yes. Hi. Yes. And, and now I will like there are studies that even if you take, uh, this is the kind of stuff they do. We're going to take these mice and we're going to starve them of, you name it, let's call it uh, magnesium. We're going to starve them of magnesium for six months. And then we're going to hide a bunch of magnesium around their thing and see if they can find it. Yes, they can always find it. Okay. <laughs> All right. Now, 
I'm not kidding. They can always find it. Now let's take those same mice that are starved of magnesium and let's, um, let's hide it in some really bad stuff. You know, it doesn't taste good to them. They'll still, they'll still eat it for the magnesium. Not only that, but they got little wires in their head. I'm honest, this is horrible to look at, but little tiny wires coming out of mice's heads like they're wearing a little helmet. And they're actually measuring, after they've starved them of magnesium, they're measuring the sweet responses off their tongue when they encounter it. Huh. Okay. That's fascinating. There's no sugar. So we're hardwired in a way to direct us towards things that we need if we only knew how to look for them and line them up so we could check them all because they're interdependent. When your dog does it every day, you'll be out there watching him walk along stops. He chews some grass. Hey, get out of there. What are you doing? He's like, what? Good. And, you know, so we, we, have, we have that ability. Yeah, let me talk about that because my dog started doing something last year when I started doing something different, and I keep wondering why. So I talked about the garden, and any I don't leave the ground bare. Anytime something comes out of the ground, something else goes back in. I'm, I'm growing something all the time, even over winter. So I use cover crop blends, and I, I've got one that okay. works really well. There's seven different seeds in this blend, and they all do something. Some fix nitrogen in the soil. Some break up the soil and keep it loose because they have really deep roots. But there's and there are some grasses in there, and the grasses are what break up the soil. They have really deep roots. My dog will wander around the garden and only pick out that one specific blade of grass that's in that blend and eat it every time. He won't touch anything else, but he will wander around and he's using his nose. And when he finds that specific seed, and I've identified it's the same thing every time, and that's all he eats as far as grass. Like there's a whole lawn full of grass. He never touches that, but it's this one specific grass that's in the seed blend. Kind of like that uh, Sauvignon Blanc from New Zealand, right? Exactly, uh, I, yeah. If, if, <laughs> <laughs> so if, if we were like, uh, if we were trying to fix something that was broken and we're not, we're just observing, we'd say, hey, let's analyze what is in that particular plant and look at the mineral chemistry. What you could do at home is you could take your mineral set and set out six <laughs> bowls of water, put the bowls in But you all, remember this in pre-choice, and we're doing the same thing with our minerals, our electrolytes. You can always put minerals into your body, but you also want to have free water available. So for your dog, you can put out seven bowls or six bowls of minerals and a bowl of electrolytes and water. And and the drops you put in the water are the ones that are on the bottle. Into eight ounces of doggy bowl, you put 10 drops of the mineral one and just leave it alone. Then you go back in a couple of days and see which ones that the dog has gone after. Yeah, And this was how I... I was trained out with horses and with uh, cats and dogs. And I tried it with my parakeet too, and it worked. But um, <laughs> I wasn't that good. I'm not, you know, those seven little bowls. It's really hard to measure how much that little beak took. Uh, right? Yeah, good but, point. So, um, yes, animals can do it, and your and your cover crop sounds like a beautiful idea, Kevin. I'd have to say, you yeah, are fine, God, and yes, you are. That's good. <laughs> yeah, that's a really good thing. It. Wow. Probably the single biggest change I made to my garden was using cover crops. The wow. soil is, it, it transformed the soil. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, listen, you're looking at a cycle of life that's something, uh, at, you know, at Smell Taste Technology, look at how can we be more like that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not good. good, good point.
You know, you know the, the more we talk about that, the more I think of our, our modern life where, you know, you talked about being overwhelmed by smells that aren't natural and organic. And what about taste? Right. What about all the garbage stuff that we call food nowadays that, that isn't food at all? Okay, well, that's a really good question. And it's also loaded. It goes kind of like this. Uh, if you've picked up a bunch of bad lessons in grammar, you can always learn better lessons in grammar. <laughs> so you, you, you really want to step away from the trough and start looking at the garden. You know, these, this is just really basic. If you want to get back to uh, what your basic alphabet is in your body, you're going to obviously look for a more natural relationship, period. It's where you come from. I mean, that's the... That's the simplest way to put it. If you're eating a lot of foods from the middle of the supermarket, not around the edges, the vegetables, dairy products, meats, then the, and the fresh food, if, if you're not stick, sticking to the outside circle and you're down the middle aisles with whether it's the breads or the grains or the cans or the – no, you can't develop that, that sense if you, if you don't. It almost it. seems to me like that would just hijack this whole system. Kevin, I'm going to let you say that, and I'm not going to jump in on that. You know, I have to be careful uh, with my medical uh, right. knowledge and not share that. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I share those things all the time. <laughs> I, I don't have any licensing boards to answer to, so I say stuff like know, that all I, the time. But I think you're, you're right on the money. If you If you really wanted to hijack the human body and back to a natural state well you'd head for nature you'd really start to explore the world with more of your senses and make that a uh, truly a kindness um when you guys are all on the road i think it's really challenging you're on like the concrete ribbon of america and you know in a way you think of it like arteries and veins you're you're pumping the the food and the good stuffs we need to stay alive so just consider for a minute the role that your people play, your tribe plays in delivering the goods. And I think it's important to think, well, how do I deliver the goods to my body? How do I do that? And how do I do it uh, with with a, a good kind of consciousness? And this is one of the reasons why I, you know, 42 years ago, fell in love with this scientist fellow that was working with dogs and cats and horses and chickens on his farm out in the woods. And he would just set out bales of this and bales of that and different types of rock salts for the animals to lick and he'd be out there watching them do it oh like you're like watching your dog oh i wonder what's in that and he'd go back and he'd come back and says you know that was a zinc thing and ah. you're like what <laughs> right you see so if we're if we were made this way we have to really look at a different way of holding ourselves accountable to delving into uh yeah i i take this um i like these flavored things well then you're like the flavor. You're not really looking for or looking at what the chemistry is. Um, and that's this again. Yeah, you could say a lot of things about the center of the supermarket. But remember, it's driven by people that are basically looking for a profit motive and they're trying to work hard and make and feed their families. OK, so you could sidestep that and focus on organic farmers in your area. You see, it's yeah. there for us. Yeah, absolutely. Right and I will say the other thing about the center of the grocery store, it starts with corporations that want to make a lot of money and there's a lot of margin in those products. But it's also uh, on the consumer. We do it for convenience, right? All that stuff in the middle exactly. of the grocery store is just convenient. It doesn't go bad, it, 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 but it's killing us. So 
Well, let's split let's split the middle down. Let's let's go Solomon on it. Okay, consider that. Because of the way that we live, we need a little convenience in our life. That's okay. You always got to check in on the other side, though. This is where it really matters. Uh, you don't have to be good. You don't have to be perfect. You just have to keep working at it. It's We get confused with that. Oh, I've got to go all the way over here on this side. Or that. No. Managing your intake and your diet and your lifestyle and taking walks and being with people you love and, oh, yeah. and laughing yeah. with people. And have one of those favorite wines. No, this is all part of it. My mentor was really big on community meals and family meals. He said, look, we can do all the chemistry all day long. We'll take your blood pressure, heart rate, body temperature. We'll show you how to get dialed in. But really, who are you having dinner with tonight? Yeah, great point. That's and, all, you know, all, our, our eat and run society, we talk about it all the time for digestion. We work with a lot of people who right. have digestive issues, and, and one of the big problems isn't, it, we get them to switch what they eat, and that helps a lot, but it doesn't always solve the problem. Then we start looking at when and how are you eating it? It can be really healthy right. food, but if you're grabbing it and eating it while you're driving, that that's not a good way to right. eat. It, it's, uh, you know, the, the whole rest and digest mode never kicks in at that point. So right. we, we talk about that a lot. I, I've got another mystery I, I want you to help me and try and solve here. So okay. I, again, I, I use myself as the experiment a lot. I do a lot of biohacking, a lot of testing. Uh, but the other thing, I, I'm just, I'm able to really keep a very, very clean diet, mostly carnivore, most of the, the quality of my meat is as good as it's going to get coming from regenerative farms. If I eat plants, they, especially this time of year, they're coming out of my garden. Uh, but I also grow and preserve a lot, so I have it throughout the winter. It's a pretty darn clean diet. I don't cheat on grains. I just never eat grains. The only exception is some white rice occasionally. Other than that, I haven't eaten a grain in eight or nine years. And I'm pretty strict okay. about this. And it's easy. I mean, it, it just, I, I enjoy it. I feel better. Why, with that clean of a diet, do I still need to supplement? And I do. I, I, I've tried not supplementing. And I've got a, a, I hate supplements. I hate taking them. I'm not good at taking them. I've had to come up with systems like light balance goes in my coffee every morning because I always feel better when I take light balance and I'll forget, but it, I never forget my coffee. So my vitamin D, my light balance goes in my coffee. Um, later on in the day, I do a cardio miracle. It's got a bunch of minerals. And, and I have just found through really extensive testing, if I stop taking those products, I don't feel as good. I don't perform as good. I can show it in numbers. I can show it in my HRV. I can, and I keep thinking at some point, why am I not getting enough of this stuff from my food? Gee, I'm glad you didn't make it easy. <laughs> um, <laughs> I've been trying to figure so, it out for nine you know, years. Okay, so so we've got what's on the table and what's under the table. So let's just consider that there's a lot of invisible things that you have to do. That if you and I were uh, back... Uh, a couple hundred years in a moderate climate area, we'd be spending a lot of our time just, just hanging out with the kids and chatting, and then we'd go hunting and gathering, and we'd come back. Uh, the actual amount of hours that we have studied that say how much of that tribal or that uh, close-to-earth living did we actually have to, like, 
yeah, we had to run from a, a, a big animal once in a while. Okay. And that's like, you know, if we made it, it was 30 seconds worth of fear and then death. Or if we made it, it was 30 seconds of fear. And then we go back and tell everybody, oh my God, did you see what happened to me? <laughs> the point, I, I can't measure what you're up against in your day-to-day stress and the fact that you have this uh, large group of people that you communicate with, that you take care of, that you're engaged with. We need to be engaged with. What do you mean? Well, you're linked to all these other peoples and all these incidents. So it's not just you we're talking about, Kevin. And you're asking, why do I need to supplement? Well, I don't know, because if, if we just had a perfect life and you had enough money and time to just sit in your garden, I'm not sure you would. That's been my theory. That, I, I, that's the only conclusion I could come to because I've tried everything else. I've tried being really specific about eating more of the foods that have those nutrients that I'm supplementing. And that doesn't seem to have any real impact on it. And I kind of came to the conclusion that it's our modern life. And no matter how hard I work to get away from our modern life as often as I can and get out in the garden and outside, it, it, it's not enough. And, and when you think about it again, watching the show alone, it, it's a hundred percent of their time. And for me, it might be 30 on a really good week. Right. I think that's, that's really the nut of it. Um, taking care of ourselves, nurturing our common humanness is challenging. I, I, I can't put too fine a point on it because everybody's chemistry is radically different. Uh, being a good hunter-gatherer, this is kind of what smell-taste technology is all about. Uh, learning to become more specific in your hunting and gathering, that's another point. Uh, getting an 80% result, you know this, Kevin, you'll spend 80%, 20 you know the rule. Right. I can get 80% of it done, want, but that other 20% is going to cost me 80% of what's left. You see what I mean? See, it's, it, it's almost, it's good enough. That's a great example. That's yeah. a, a great analogy. And I think that's where I am in this. I, I think I've, I've, I would have to go so hard into that now and spend so right. much time on it to get that last 20%. And honestly, at some point I'd like to, but right now I guess I'll supplement because it works, works really well. I'm going to give you a real quick Wright brothers story. You know, the Wright brothers and their airplane and learning how to fly and all that stuff looks like the news, you know, in the 1920s. Okay. Wow. And they got patents on their airplane machine that were all stolen and they challenged them and they lost. But the thing was, they were not so much invested in the machine of flying. They wanted to learn how to take that plane off the ground, make a figure eight loop and land back where they started. Now, that's hugely different than building an airplane. Yeah. You're building an airplane with your body. You're building an airplane with your body. But really what you want to focus on is, can I get this thing up off the ground, take a figure eight loop and get home safely and do it again tomorrow? And that's really what your focus could be. Yeah, I the like that. It, <laughs> you know, we don't know. <laughs> I like that. All right. Back to one more thing, because I, I wanted to talk about this while we were doing the taste stuff. And I forgot there's. Every time you start talking, my mind goes in a hundred directions. The other thing that I remember from my NTA training and was very, very skeptical of it again um, until they proved it to me. And it was kind of easy to prove. We did um, lingual neurotesting of supplements. 
And I was blown away by how powerful that is. And I thought it was total bunk. Really, I just thought I I should probably skip this week. I don't, you know, think this is real, Uh, but it is. It absolutely is. And uh, it just, you've explained why. I mean, it's the same process we've been talking about, right? When I um, when I first did my deep dive into uh, smell and taste because I was I've, I've worked on a manuscript for this understanding it and I had to really do a deep dive. There are uh, measurements throughout the body. Uh, we call them rest and digest, fight or flight, but they all have a trackable biomarkers that go with them: heart rate, pupil size, uh, skin dilation, skin temperature. They're all they're all there, mechanical. Smell and taste exactly fit into that model. When you experience an unpleasant or not wanted taste, your system closes itself off like a flower closing when you touch it. And when you get close to something that your body needs, it opens up like that flower. It is cataloged. It is proof. There's no question about it. So, yeah, sometimes you wonder about muscle testing, kinesiology. Uh, There are very skilled people that can muscle test quite adequately the neural stuff works very if it's measured uh so yeah this is all tied to your central nervous system your vagus nerve it's so deep and it's right it runs so much uh that uh honestly i'm thrilled every time i think about this is what i chose to do this blew me away 42 years and every day it still blows me away I, i can imagine the and i just thought of another one we use and and i recommend it and i help people figure it out we use coca's pulse test to find reactions in food. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. If we're, you know, we, we can, we can give somebody a $500 food sensitivity kit and it will quickly pick out all of the foods they're sensitive to. But sometimes people say, look, I, I, $500, it's a lot of money. And it is, I get it. And I said, well, there's another way we can do this. It just takes more time and you're going to have to work a little harder at it. But we teach them how to do Coca's pulse test, put the food on your, tongue and, and check the physical reaction of your body. You know, I'm a big fan of biomarkers. Uh, I don't think you can go wrong. I think there's uh, what, what we came to was about how something is appropriate because nothing's exact. You look for what's appropriate. And Kevin, that's a very appropriate way to introduce somebody into like, I can know. Therefore, if it's knowable, I can get there. Right. And I think right. biomarkers. There's biomarkers that we use, biomarkers that you use for testing uh, rest and digest versus fight or flight, heart rates, et cetera. I think these are all our tools that belong to our tribe. They are not the providence of a uh, pharma company or anything else. We have to we have to really hijack all those back and use them more intelligently for our own well-being. Yeah, good point. Good point. We, we do that quite a bit where... You know, that those are all pretty, you know, natural ways where, you know, on Coca's right. pulse test where just check, just check your pulse with your fingers. I mean, this isn't complicated. On the other hand, I've used a piece of technology um, to see things in real time that I just couldn't see before. We, we worked with Garmin and we created a watch. Uh, Garmin has tons of watches. They have watches for golfers and watches for scuba divers and people who ride bikes. And um, we created a watch with Garmin for truck drivers. Wow. Yeah, it's very, very very cool. One of the features they have in there that I was, I've spent the last couple of years trying to work on a stress protocol because everybody we deal with now is overstressed. Everybody, no matter how good their diet is, no matter how good their lifestyle is, everybody's overstressed. 
And when we understand what causes stress, it, it's not surprising. The, the chemicals we're around, the, the foods that aren't really foods in our diet, and, and so many things are everybody staring at screens and phones all day long. And so we've been really working hard on how do we counteract all this stress? And I was really struggling. I, I was doing a lot of testing, but I wasn't really sure of my answers. And then they brought out a feature on this watch that measures stress instantly. I, I can look at my watch, like right now, I could just look down and say, what I'm doing right now, the, the scale is um, one to 100. Anything under 25 is considered just rest. And anything over 75 is just pure stress. Um, the middle there, you're, you're kind of in the middle. Um, currently right now, I'm right at 25. I'm right at, uh, wow. it, and the funny thing is, I don't feel that unstressed. I mean, I, I, if I, if you were to ask me right now, is your stress high or low? I would probably would have answered it was high. And I found out there are things that wow. I do that, like being on the show, I get, you know, people look, oh, your stress just went through the roof. You're yelling at somebody. And I'll look down and my stress will be under 10. And we think, wow, that's odd. I would have never thought that. The other thing I learned that was incredible. Video games. Now, I was part of the first generation of video games. Like I was a teenager when Pong came out. So I, and back then I played a lot of video games. Well, once I became an adult and had to build a business, I just stopped completely. Didn't follow it, didn't know anything about it anymore. And during COVID with the lockdowns and nothing to do, I thought I'm gonna go get a game console. And I did. And I started playing. And if you ever watch anybody playing a video game, would you think they were at low stress or high stress? Well, I would think they would be in excitatory mode. Yes. I don't know about stress, but they'd it, be excited. Maybe right? that's probably what I, I'm confusing. You're right. And and what surprised me was the more I was into the game in the moment, you know, and it feels like it, you know, you're, you're pushing really hard. You should cut one more second off your time, whatever it might be. I happened to look down at my watch one day. My stress was at zero. I thought it was broke and it wasn't. There's a, there's a, there's a whole bit of science, Kevin, on the uh, brain wave that you get into in a game, like what you're talking about. And it's called the flow. Uh, Shizemsky, I think it is. I forget his name. But he's one of those uh, guru biotech guys. And they came up with this whole thing about uh, getting in the actual flow metric of what's going on. And you do. You're almost, you're almost hypnotic. That's, that's that what point. it was like. And my stress dropped to nothing. And it's consistent. It, it happens virtually every time. This makes me, you know, uh, oh, no, it makes for a great conversation to study uh, how we use our flow time some people can get in it and suddenly they're a thousand miles away and they're in a zone we call it being in the zone i think these are great things to study because they're natural uh i think hunters have it too you get out on the trail and you're and you're right. stalking right. and you know you, you they go they go for freaking hours in the snow and they're like what oh what time is it <laughs> right yeah yeah i wonder what they're so what about their stress levels would yeah, it was really interesting. This watch is using HRV, heart rate variability, which is a, a 
right. really, really important marker. And we've just now in the last couple of years gotten to technology with wearables that we can just see this at any time. Right. And it's uh, it's, it's right. pretty incredible what I was able to learn about stress. And, and, and we really got a lot of it wrong. There's a lot of things we think we know about stress today that are just wrong. Yes, uh, this is fascinating. Uh, same subject, HRV, study it all the time, wear my sleep ring, I'm into it. Uh, it's fascinating to me that we have an idea about what's going on, but we're still not quite formed up yet on what all these ideas mean. We're still in a great learning phase. Right. Critical. Critical for us to stay curious ask questions, you know, be willing to, uh, I like to tell people, oh, don't worry about that. It says it could be an unpleasant taste. It's not going to kill you. And I think a lot of people are afraid to, to, you know, to move out of their comfort zone, you know, you know, so I think if you want to stretch, it's going to, it's going to take some pain. It's going to take some work, but I don't think there's a better uh, way to live than to just keep stretching. Yeah. Um, You know, I just looked at the clock. I can't believe we blew through an hour already. We haven't even I didn't even look up at the clock. I just want to make sure we're we're okay on time. I know we're booked for an hour uh, and I there's a couple of things I want to get to before we wrap it up. So how are you on time? I'm okay on time. I'm on the road and I know that this is uh, this is safe to do with you because I'm hands free. There you go. Talk to me. All right. So (laughs) again, in, in this, you know, trying to learn about this stress thing and trying to figure out how we could help people. And, and like I said, I just learned some of the things just were opposite of what we thought. Things like when I played that video game, my guess would have been that my stress was through the roof. I mean, that's kind of what it felt like. You called it excitability. I think maybe that's the distinction there. They can feel the same. The, um, the, the figure eight loop that they talk about the rest and digest cycle versus fight or flight Normally, we center on the middle. We're capable, as the HRV would have you, uh, going from a dead sleep to running from a lion, let's say. Or quite possibly some people can actually sit down at a game board and go from a real stressful meeting into the zone we just talked about. So it's the crossover that matters. It's the ability to move from one stage to another. And that's technically what the HRV is teaching us about this system. It's very easy to get uh, off-centered. Trauma will move you off the center of that uh, limnoscat, they call it, that figure-eight loop laying on its side that we're normally centered in a bubble kind of in the middle, and we can go extreme left into the fight-or-flight or or extreme right into like rest and digest. But can we recenter after that? So, Kevin, a lot of what you're actually talking about is what's the center look like? So... The biomarkers, even if we name it stress, certainly that is using up a whole different set of sympathetic versus parasympathetic nervous system wiring in the body to deliver the goods. And it's also consuming a very different set of mineral beginnings and endings and enzymes and and pHs than the other side. So you're actually this battery that's going, you're going back and forth. I just had a breakthrough, I think. And I think you explained this earlier, but something you just said made it even more clear. When I talk about minerals, all I've focused on is intake. 
I, I keep saying, wait a minute, I should be intaking a lot of minerals here. I have a really clean diet. It's regenerative farming. It's I know my soil is loaded with minerals. I can see it in my plants. I can see it in my plants and the animals I eat. I know they're grazing on. So I was so focused on intake. You just talked about consumption of minerals. I never even thought about right. that. Well, I, I think this is going to get to one of the key things that Lisa brought up the other day. So when you're physically active and you sweat, you're going to burn up and utilize a lot more sodium flowing through your extracellular region. So a lot of the hydration drinks are designed to replace the sodium you lose by sweating. So there's your cycle. When you put in sodium and you work hard and sweat, you burn up sodium. Okay, so that's a good loop to be in. But what if you spend a lot of your time sitting in a truck with brief bursts of energy to load or unload or whatever you need to do as part of that, then your calibration of what minerals you need is radically different than a high-sodium drink. So a lot of the hydration mixes that came out of the last 15 years are all based on the WHO formula for rapid rehydration, specifically for your extracellular region. And when you use your extracellular region to protect you, like sweating, then you need that. But what if you are more in the middle, like you would be, in the sense that you're using up the other side of the equation, which is potassium, and that's the emotional work. So then we can talk about, well, what kind of stressors do you have oh, that boy. tug on you for your tribe or your family? And that's a different, that's an emotional quadrant. And that's the other side of the sympathetic nervous system. And so you have both these working in concert. And so your question is, well, yeah, I'm consuming minerals. But Kevin, I'll bet you're not that clear on what your output is. I'm not. Not at all. Now, you mentioned sodium okay. and, and, you know, physical activity and sweating. And I will say that I, I, I did focus on that. There's another mineral supplement I use. Um, if I know I'm just going to be really hot, I'm out in the garden, I've been sweating like crazy. I try to, to preload. If I know I'm going to go do that, I start Absolutely. taking that, that extra Absolutely. supplement. But you touched on something I want to go back to because this I was actually going to talk about this today on my show after we were done with you. But you're really helping me understand what I was going to describe. I was going to describe something I've figured out by testing, but I think you just helped me understand it even more. Here's what I came up with. When I developed the stress protocol, and, and I came up with, I tested a whole bunch of different ideas, strategies, products, techniques to, to do two things. One, to lower our stress, but I wasn't really focused on that. My bigger focus was something I just described as building our stress muscle. I didn't know how else to describe this. Yeah. I said our, our, our stress is a lot like a muscle. We can build it so it's stronger and more resilient and can do more work without wearing out just like a muscle. If I went to try to run a marathon right now, I couldn't do it. My muscles are not conditioned to be able to run a marathon. Now I can bench press a lot of weight, but I could condition my muscles to be able to handle a marathon. We know I could. Humans have that capability. Yeah. So I started yeah. describing stress the same way, that, that we can, 
almost all the focus I see on stress is avoidance. You know, meditating, being more mindful, getting out in nature, all that's fine. I get it and it's necessary, but it's not working. I know it wasn't working for me. It helped a little, didn't help a lot. And then I started thinking, well, what if it's because I'm just weak? Stress-wise, I've just weakened myself. And we do it with constant stress that weakens us. It turns out the way to strengthen that stress muscle is to use very specific high stress events in short duration. So the things I came up with that were the most effective and easy to do in a truck, that's always a thing for us. I came up with cold exposure, heat exposure, infrared specifically, um, high intensity um, resistance training, short duration, high intensity, and breathing, like Wim Hof breathing and some of the other breathing techniques. And what all four of those do, they send my stress level to 100. When I do them properly, my stress level will go right through the roof, but it's for a very short duration. And I notice when I do that, you know, several times a week, then my HRV starts climbing steadily and, yep. and yep. my stress goes down, even though I haven't changed any of the stress around me. Kevin, you, I think you just actually did a fantastic right there summed it up really well. You can train. You can train up for any situation. Your awareness that something was going on on both sides of the equation is fantastic. Those four things you talked about all directly impact the vagus nerve and its contractibility and its relaxability. And that is like the main muscle that centers us on that limbus gap, that figure eight loop about where we recenter it's building the center that really matters a lot in terms of your ability to cope. You have to build the middle. You can't be just a, a, a weightlifting, steroid-driven, push-it-all-the-time person. You also have to be able to be rest and digest and, believe it or not, cuddle a little baby and get it. Oxytocin. I mean, you have to be able to do, yeah, the full spectrum. And so I think you just brought up the four things you mentioned, hot, cold, uh, breathing and uh, Wim Hof and one other one, uh, infrared, near infrared. These are now becoming great tools. I use them all, the same four that you use, and they're excellent. They are. And the idea, like you said, building that muscle, it's like um, there's a thing about gravity. We all take it for granted, sure. But there's also a thing about when you balance your chemistry and you work on these things, there's kind of like a little bit of a... a field and it holds you centered and you can strengthen that field towards the center by balancing your chemistry. I'll go back to the high sodium events. You can use a high sodium, but you check your blood pressure regularly and you see whether or not you're holding on to too much sodium. That's, that's really important. Yeah. Well, am I holding on to too much sodium? My top number's going up. Well, we all know that's part of a sodium marker. Potassium is the lower side, the diastolic. Am I, am I holding on to enough potassium? Am I keeping that bottom number down where it's supposed to be? So this balance is exactly what my mentor taught us. Focus on this. Is my body temperature close to 98.6? Well, they say now, well, maybe it's only 97.8. Well, the problem is the general trend is a healthy 120 over 70. It's 98.6 and a heart rate that's around 60 at rest normally. So this diametrically um, balanced system 
has its high points left and high points right, off-center, centered. You nailed it. Practice those four things that stretch that vagus nerve and give it the ability to expand and contract, and that means recover. So in the last, That's recovery, right? Yeah, so in the last three years uh, of testing this on and off and trying to test different things, I, I've come to a conclusion uh, and it's just recently I, I really started to figure this out. So if I focused on those four things, it really didn't matter what else was going on in my life. My HRV steadily climbed and I took it from low 30s. And when it's in the low 30s, I know it. I don't feel good. I don't perform as good. I'm tired right. all the time. I'm struggling with almost everything. I took it from there up into the mid 60s in less than two months. Whoa. Yes. Two months Way to go. That's of, really good. of really focusing really good. on those four things. Then what I've just done recently, um, I was biohacking a couple other things and I thought, you know what? I, I need to get this out of the equation as a factor. It's so powerful. These four things are so powerful that I don't think I can test anything else while I'm doing them. It, it's messing up my results. So I stopped completely. I'm, I haven't done any of those four things in several months. And my HRV has done a bunch of weird things during that time. At one point, when I first stopped and I was just mostly doing office work and computer work and writing and that kind of stuff, uh, my HRV started to tank, got back down into the mid to high 30s again. And then the garden season came and all that changed was I was spending much more time out in the garden than I was in the office and staring at a screen. And, but I wasn't doing anything else around stress, nothing of the protocol. My HRV started to steadily climb again. Now, not as fast as when I did the four protocols, but I got back up into the 50s. And the only thing that changed was I was out in the garden quite a bit. Just recently, wow, you just made it. in the last month, wow. The garden hasn't been so needy. You know, I had everything planted from the spring. Now it's just kind of maintenance. So there's just not as much work. I'm not out there moving dirt and mulch and compost and planting. And it's just, it's much easier physically and I'm not out there as much. My But I've been hyper-focused on trying to learn AI. I'm fascinated by AI. I'm terrified by AI and I'm doing everything I can to learn about it. And my HRV has tanked. I'm back down into the low 30s. I'm not sleeping good and I feel awful. I, I just, I, I, don't, I don't know if I could condition myself to this kind of work or not. Wow, so that's your takeaway. Um, that, that maybe that's not really a great place to travel for you. I know it's, it's, it, you know, I, I really, I, I can't, I don't want to quit doing this kind of stuff and go garden the rest of my life. Although it sounds kind of enjoyable. Um, but I, I've got to figure out how to find that balance. There's some, ba and I know okay, that so the, the more time I spend in mental pursuits, thinking, reading, writing, learning, trying to work things out. That is really hard on my stress muscle and I haven't figured out how to to build a stress muscle against that yet. All I can do is is just try to minimize some of that time and and get out. And maybe that is the answer that we just need that balance. Kevin, I think you answered your own question. I would you know, I would I would 
just go back to the oldest story I can, the safest path. Uh, you were built to be human, not to be a machine. Yeah. Uh, too much machining, too much machining uh, doesn't really feel good. Just bottom line, it just doesn't really feel good. And you might be questioning, well, why not? It's like, dude, I don't know, but a couple of million years uh, of development, you know, it's kind of working against you. Right. Will we get there eventually? Yeah, yeah sure. But I mean, yeah. Uh, but I think you've done a, a really credible job. I like what you've done. I like the way you tackled the problem. That's fascinating. I think it's really important to read the data for what it is. It's just basically saying, look, you, you know, you need some hands on the dirt but without just hands in the head. So figure out how to balance it, and you're going to find a middle path. There you go. There's the Zen thing, right? Take the middle path. And now I'm starting to believe that when I'm in this mental phase, this brain work, and we know that, you know, we we understand we go out, we move dirt, we're going to get physically tired. But I think what it's hard for me to get my head around is that when I do this mental work, it, it makes me physically tired, but in a very different way. Physically tired, I can usually sleep better. When, when I've exhausted myself mentally, I tend to be more agitated and restless. Okay, so since I'm going to have to leave you here in a few minutes, let's do just one thought. If breathing in and breathing out that Wim Hof talks about, and he talks about the measured breathing in and the measured breathing out, and pushing the not breathing... You kind of wonder, what's he getting at here? You're, um, you're tired mentally and emotionally when you work with your brain, but you sleep better when you've worked with your body. So unless you plan to live in a test tube with your brain, then I'm just going to say it's pretty important that you balance those two together and keep your physical. It's almost like the other side of breathing intellectually is nourishing your body and working your body out. You increase your flow rate. You increase the ability to get in the zone. You'd find that you could spend more time intellectually focused if you add in the body work because the body is supporting the brain and vice versa. So you can't do one or the other. It's you figuring out how to swim uh, left hand, right hand, left hand, right hand, and keep that moving forward. Again, that's still, as my mentor would say, building the middle. You're building the, the, the body-mind connection, yeah. not just building the mind, not building the body. And you're doing it. You you have the recipe now. You you are you figured it out. I right, want to keep arguing about it with yourself. You have that. You have that. <laughs> uh, Tim, hey, this has been such a great conversation, and and I've kind of hogged it. You know, trying to get as much knowledge out of your brain as I can. But we've got some products we've got to talk about, and I want you to do that before you leave us. Okay. Well, first of all, we're really pleased to uh, to finally get. A powder formula. I've worked uh, nearly 30 years, and I'll admit that I didn't work as hard at it as as I'm running a business while I'm doing it uh, with what we have, which is a fantastic liquid product. But I have looked for a long time to find a way to get this more portable and into a powder. And we finally did it. I, I teamed up with a company. They said, look, we'll give you our best guys in, in the lab. You just tell us where you want to go. And I did. And there's two more products coming out over the next two years, depending on how we do with this. I'm really curious. I love the taste of this naturally salty electrolyte. We built it a little different. That bag has a full bottle of electrolytes in it. And each stick is two capsules. So you can mix it with 
eight ounces if it tastes good, 12 ounces if it tastes good, or 16 ounces. Whichever one suits your taste buds, start there. Then build to where I always say our target zone is when two capsules of that electrolyte taste good in just plain water. And so the, the tube is designed to be like a ruler. When you can put that tube in eight ounces and you like the taste, that means your salt to water ratio in your body is doing just fine. Can I still put That's it in my how coffee? That works. Oh, you can, yes, and sprinkle it on food. Uh, yeah, oh, I hadn't and that was the whole that. idea. Oh my God, you've got to oh. think about the fact that protein and, and fats are your other best buddies when it comes to electrolytes. Look, if you just drink your electrolytes in a liquid, like, like especially like coffee, because you don't use sugar, I know that, but you probably put your uh, brain fat in there, don't I do. you? Yep, brain octane, for sure. Okay, right. all right. So, so, so you've got some uh, fats going in with your liquid. Great. That's one step closer. If you're just putting that electrolyte in water all day long, you're going to pee a lot and you're going to wash your body. It's like taking a shower. But you're not going to hold on to that water. If you want to bury that hydration deep into your ligaments, ten, uh, tendons, muscles, into your organs, you're going to mix that with a food, period. And wow. you're going to digest that electrolyte. Yes. It, 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 my guys... My mentor's bomb for that was electrolytes and milk, and when you can get it, chocolate milk. Now, <laughs> I'm telling you, that's the bomb. That's the bomb. That is the bomb of the whole thing. Wow. Honest to God. Interesting. Okay, and then if you mix it with if you mix it with juice, you got to unload five trucks at the dock today, and you want to hit that electrolyte in your juice about a half an hour before you start unloading those trucks. And if you do that then you're going to get a burst of energy and sweat from that, and then your recovery drink is going to be a chocolate shake or a chocolate <laughs> milk or even just milk. That, I'm, not, I'm so, not kidding. It, so, it's so the no, bomb. I, I love this, but I, I need to just qualify this. So when we talk about this, we're talking about really high-quality dark chocolate in raw milk. Oh, yeah. Right. That's what we're talking about. <laughs> yeah. If you can, if you can get if you can get it, that's the best. But if you are stuck and you are in pain and you are not recovering, just grab a chocolate milk off the shelf that's uh, A2 milk, that's organic, and it's not using any cane sugar. Excellent. Believe yeah, me. It, and we're when big on you're in trouble, here, yeah. you, can do yeah. you, can, you can do it when you're in trouble. As a regular basis, I'd rather blend mine in my A2, uh, 6% milk. Uh, with my own cocoa, and I use honey, so, or that's about it. Let, I use honey. Let me let me <laughs> guess. Let me guess. the The brand is Alexander's. Ah, uh, yeah, I love that. Stuff. This that's six. <laughs> I, when you said six percent A two, I knew exactly what you were talking about. We. Like, Damn, that stuff is good. Yeah, it is. We actually, we we have a uh, big project here. We worked with uh, Dr. Davis from the Wheat Belly fame. He wrote the, uh, his new book was Super Gut. Right. And he's developed right. these very specific strains of bacteria that we then culture in dairy. And we call it yogurt, um, but it's, it's nothing like the yogurt on the shelf. We culture it for 40 hours, sometimes 36 to 40 hours. Wow. Yeah, and wow. we wow. we found that the very best dairy was the Alexander's half and half. We make the yogurt out of pure okay. half and half. Talk about a fat bomb, but it is so good. 
We use the half and half daily, and I'm uh, when I can get there whipping cream, I use it in my Wait. coffee. Now, Kevin, I have to go. Okay. But All talking right. to you is, and I, uh, I, I look forward to the next time you and I, even if you just call me and say, let's just chat for an hour. I'm in. Yeah, but anytime we do that, we should always hit the record button because there's going to be nuggets in there for sure. Yeah, good nuggets. Yeah. Good nuggets. Yeah, great stuff. Tim, thanks so much uh, for taking time today and joining us. It was just a just a great conversation. Yeah, well, thank Kevin, you. thank you. Thank you, Lauren. Thank you. Uh, guys, uh, good luck to the tribe out there. Thanks for taking good care of the road and our lives. I appreciate all of you. And thanks for your new powdered product. I'm looking forward to sprinkling it on food now. <laughs> Excellent. I'm going to do Don't it for lunch. Don't forget to share it with your dog. That, that's right. All right. All right. Thanks so much. We'll you talk think- again soon. Oh, Lauren, my God, talk about my brain going a uh, little off the charts here. That was a uh, very was stimulating so conversation. I know. I know. He's, he, he, when I saw him on the schedule, I didn't know what to expect. And I am so happy that I was able to join this conversation. That's well, so great. You know, I'm thinking back to the last time we had him on the show. And it was, uh, or the first time we had him on the show. It was way back in the beginning. Light Balance was one of the very first products we picked up and started selling in the store. We've been, we've had mm. Light Balance for a long, long time. But every other time I've had him on the show, we focused on light balance. Well, because that's what I thought we were, you know, that's the product. We buy light balance from him. He developed it. We should be talking about that. Well, this time I decided to just start with the whole taste and score thing, which is how his company got started. And I, yeah. I, mean, I didn't know he had that kind of depth of knowledge in a lot of these things. No, neither did I. I was so surprised. <laughs> yeah. Great. And I, you know, it, it kind of reminds me of the uh oh maybe we should do a mini series with tim because it kind of reminds me of when i was doing the mini series with um sally norton on oxalates and all the little mysteries we solved remember it was like every time we brought up a topic like oh well that explains something i haven't been able to figure out for years it was kind of like that today (laughs) yeah it really was like i think i can finally just relax and stop worrying about why I still supplement. It makes me a little crazy. I I would love to be able to not supplement. And I think about it and I test things and I try to figure it out and I just can't figure out no matter how clean I eat, no matter how hard I work on the stress protocols, no matter how many improvements I make, if I stop those, I, I have like the daily trio. And if I stop those supplements, I just don't feel as good. And I've always wondered what am I doing wrong and what would I have to do to not take these? And the answer may be, there is nothing I can do. I, I've done just about everything I can do. And we just have to realize, our modern life is very different than our bodies evolved. Exactly. I'm pretty sure that's what it all boils down to. It, it seems like it. There's no other explanation. And the idea, you know, I wanted to get into this with him, but maybe we'll talk about this next time, or maybe we will do a mini series. The whole idea of um, the RDI, the recommended daily intake, what a joke. That's worthless. If we really understand oh, this, oh. that 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 all of that stuff is absolutely worthless. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's it's so interesting to me, especially because you know, being pregnant, things change, and your your oh, yeah. you know your RDI totally changes and shifts. And I found this incredible book, thank goodness, um, and 
it's it's crazy when you look at what she's recommending compared to what other people are recommending, and it is unbelievable. You know that the magnesium re- recommended um, magnesium for pregnancy is lower than the regular recommendation really? for magnesium, which is all we already know so low. Yeah. yeah. It's unbelievable. That's just crazy. (laughs) You know, now here's something else we used to focus on a lot, and I've kind of found that it's not nearly as important as we thought it was. I haven't done a real deep dive to prove this yet. It's more just kind of anecdotal. But remember when we used to really focus a lot on omega-3, omega-6 ratios? Yes. We don't talk about that much anymore. And I have found that as much as I really do enjoy mackerel and, and all of those seafood things, and I'm glad I like those, honestly, mm-hmm. I can go months without eating seafood and not notice any real change. I just don't know that it's as important. And part of the reason I believe I can do that is because I've almost eliminated the omega-6s. Yes, which is huge. Right. Actually, that was a conversation. Um, on the Weston A. Price Foundation podcast this week was all about, you know, seed oils and where and why, how the heck they came about and why are they so popular still and how so, to eliminate them. Seed, Apparently, seed it oil takes is, about three years. Oh, I want to come back to that. To but I, I was going to make this statement. Seed oil is the new grains. Yeah. You know, yes, we went through the whole definitely. thing on grains and people are like, oh, no, don't eat grains. What are you, crazy grains, healthy whole grains? And and then we kind of got them to the point where, no, look, there are no such thing as healthy whole grains. They're all unhealthy, horribly unhealthy. And and now, though, we're onto this seed oil thing. I'm seeing it in a lot of places now. Seed oil is the new grain. Um, we need to convince people that you got to get the seed oils out of your diet. And when you and. Here's the other thing we have to remember. They're not just in that bottle of oil. They're in almost every processed food you eat. That's where it's very difficult to eliminate them. You stay out of the middle of the grocery store because it's loaded with seed oils, even if it's crackers. Yep, that's very true. So I, I think what's happened is I've done such a good job of eliminating the omega-6s out of my diet that I really don't need much omega-3, and I'm probably getting it from my beef. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So now we're, now we're on to minerals. Yeah. The mineral <laughs> thing is just fascinating, and I just never put enough focus on the consumption of minerals. Why wasn't I thinking about that? I thought about it with salt, you know, and I stay hydrated and, you know, do the Actimag when I'm really active and it helps. And so I knew that I was consuming those, but I don't think about consuming things like zinc or iodine or I, we just don't think about that. We think if we just take in enough, we should be fine. Well, well, what's enough? And then we have to look at how is it being used in our body? What are we consuming? Mm-hmm. I know there's so much involved. It's so complex. Yeah, um, I, I think I have, have absolutely determined though on the, um, the stress thing that for me, and, and I'm sure there's going to be a lot of bio-individuality in this, but I'd like to see more people start focusing on this and seeing what their results are. For me, brain work has got to be limited. 
I, I've got to limit my brain work somehow and, and get away from it and go do something else, physical usually, gardening, you know, walking, hiking, anything like that. There's just no way I can stay this focused on brain work and be healthy. Yeah. I've I tried agree. everything. It's just, there's just nothing I can do that will counteract it. In fact, at, at some point, I, I remember I've mentioned this before. Some Remember I, I've said I have to back off the stress protocol sometimes. Mm, yes. I was doing it too much. But that only mm -hmm. happens when I'm heavy into brain work. Mm. I'm there right now. I, I'm at the bottom again, and this is the worst place to be. It's hard to get off the bottom, and, and I'm here. I mean, I, I've been napping every afternoon because I'm exhausted. I can't sleep at night because I'm restless. I'm waking up early, which is a, a good thing. I'd like to wake up early, but that's also cutting into the little bit of sleep that I have been getting. I probably should try to sleep in because I need the sleep and I need the rest, but I, I've just got to figure out how to manage the brain work better. I know that's a difficult one for, for your lifestyle. That's a very difficult one to manage. It is. It, it, I would do it all day and all night if I didn't know better, you know, especially when I'm working on a project or I'm excited about something or intrigued by something the way I am with AI. But I, I've just, I, I can't work this way because now I, I've driven myself to the bottom. And now, even if I do work all day, I don't produce much and the quality isn't as good. Yeah. So I've mm. got to find that balance so that I can maintain that high HRV and those high energy levels so that when I am working, I'm much more effective at it. There you go. All right. Let's get to some phone calls because we've had some people very patiently waiting on the phones. Nick in Pennsylvania. Welcome. Hey, Kevin. Thank you, ma'am, for taking my call. I talk about uh, blood pressure. Oh, perfect I've topic. I've been eating clean. I've been eating clean just about as long as you have. When you started, I pretty much started to. Good. But my blood pressure is just through the roof. My bottom number two weeks ago was, he took it three times. It was 103, went up to 105, then it dropped back down to 104. So, and it, we, I don't know. I learned something today that I didn't know about this, Lauren. Did you catch that? Uh, I don't know. Did I? He, I he, so. he, grazed oh, over yes you did catch it so if the yes. if the top number of our blood pressure is high it's a salt issue we don't have enough that's not too much too much salt does not cause high blood pressure um, if our bottom number is elevated we're probably deficient on potassium i didn't know that yeah so how, how do you get potassium back in your body because yesterday after the show was over uh, another another one of your shows came on Destination Health on the seventh, and I heard y'all vaguely talk about uh, cardio magic, cardio miracle. And I was wondering what, yeah, miracle. Okay. So this is, is a this? this is a mineral issue. High blood pressure is always a mineral issue of some kind, and it's so we know we need to focus on minerals. But now we're starting to learn we can even get more nuanced on that. Cardio Miracle, the reason we use it and talk about it so much, just pure results. I mean, I could dig into the science, but it is deep, deep science because there's a lot of nutrients in this product. 
Just look at the label one time and you'll know there's a lot going on in here. They did a hell of a job formulating this because this is one of the most effective products I've seen. A light, or light balance in the morning, I never skip it. Cardio Miracle in the afternoon, I never skip it. And sometimes I do two a day on, on a really physically active day. Now maybe I should focus just that much on a mentally active day too. Maybe that, that mental activity is depleting my minerals more than physical activity does. So I'm going to start paying attention to that. Maybe I'll do two cardio miracles a day. So it's a, it's a powdered, you mix it in water is the best way to do it. I, I know some people that put it in their coffee. I, that sounds awful to me. Um, but if you want to try it, knock yourself out. I mix it in water. I put it in a big Yeti tumbler with ice and, and I sip on it till it's gone. And I just, I don't want to do a day without Cardio Miracle anymore. Just one of those things that I've gone on it, off it, on it, off of it so many times, and the results are completely consistent. I always feel better when I'm on it. So do you have to do cardio or do you have to go out and do any physical work no. or anything? No, nope. no. Nope. I, I used to be like you. I used to work out all the time. But when I started this, when you come over to the keto part of it, I, I pretty much quit working out. I, I know. It's kind of crazy, isn't it? Because you can. You can maintain your normal yeah. body weight and feel good and all those things. Um, yeah, you, you don't need to be doing heavy physical work to need these supplements. In fact, now I'm starting to believe that it may be a lot of the mental work that's depleting me more than the physical work is. Okay. Stress now, when I go will deplete out, all of these could, things. Uh, well, stress is very high on, on my on my shoulders and that's uh, that's what's depleting your minerals then so we talk about we need to make sure we take in enough minerals and that was my focus but we don't know how much we should be taking in unless we know how much we're consuming expending and i was never thinking about that half of the equation now i'm going to now kevin i can go out and walk four miles and it'd take me an hour to do you know, I pretty walk pretty fast. Yeah. Occasionally, and I come back in the truck and check my blood pressure, and the lower and the bottom number is down there in the seventies. Perfect. Seventy four, seventy three. Yes. So, yeah. I, but but just driving, I can take my blood pressure, and I guarantee it'll be up in the high nineties. Yeah. Yeah. So so we. But I'm not getting but a year physical, you know. Correct. It, this I I can almost guarantee you will solve this problem completely with Cardio Miracle. Okay. Now, you should get out and do well, those. I'm taking your word for you, a lot of things. You should get out and do those four-mile walks often because they're really good for you in a lot of ways. But it, it, and, yeah. and you're, you could kind of compare what I talk about. If I go out and just spend the day in the garden, all of my biomarkers look amazing. Everything, my HRV, my heart rate, my blood pressure, everything looks fantastic. The minute I step back in and start staring at a screen and reading and researching, they all fall apart. We're, we're just not built for that kind of work. I don't think we're built for this kind of stress. We're not. To be honest. We're not. We're not built I, for the stress I, of our modern life at all. It's killing us. Yes, uh, I, I, I truly believe that, Kevin. I do, uh, too. I couldn't even get I tried to get some term life insurance and the gentleman come to do the physical at my house and this was the time i called you yesterday on it i was overhauling my truck and i was stressed out you know i've never done it before and i, I 
you know, I, I'm not a mechanic. That's stressful. And <laughs> he comes and does it, and, and and that that right there, he took it three times, and he was up in the 100, the bottom number, and they won't give me uh, oh hell no. life insurance. Oh hell no! Now. No, yeah. they they know they would lose well, money give it on to it. me for nine hundred dollars a month. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Yeah. So. Yeah, they, they they understand insurance is a, is a game of numbers. That's all insurance is. They have huge actuarial tables. They know who's more likely to die when. They know who's likely to get in a car accident. They, they have data. That's what insurance is. And they know that if those are your numbers, you're not a good life insurance risk. They will probably lose money on you. But it, see, my blood pressure doesn't hasn't made any sense if they say it's caused by your heart kevin your your blood pressure is pumping through your heart i've done all kinds of tests these people go around the country for the heart monitoring oh, wait. and all there, this, there's you know, nothing wrong with pump. your heart so here here's the thing really? your heart is a pump so let's try to use it yeah. you've you've worked with all kinds of pumps right you were just working on an engine engines have fuel pumps oil pumps so if we take a really powerful, healthy pump that can pump liquid and it can pump, say, I don't know, 12 gallons a minute or whatever, but we hook it up to a really tiny hose, can it pump 12 gallons a minute through that hose? No. No. And what's going to happen to the pressure in that hose? We might blow the hose, right? Right. That's what high blood pressure is. It's not your heart. Your heart could be fine. Now, you, you could have a bad heart, but, but that's not the cause of the high blood pressure. Your heart could be completely healthy and you could still have high blood pressure because your arteries and your veins won't relax. They're so tight and they, they constrict. And now your heart's trying to pump blood through that and the pressure goes up. That's what we're measuring. I got you. Minerals are what help our, and, and stress can make our, our blood vessels constrict, but so can a lack of minerals or an imbalance of minerals. So with the cardio miracle, that's what we're addressing. We're addressing the mineral balance, the nutrients needed to make those minerals work well. And when you, when you get that all in balance, your veins and your arteries relax and they open up and they're not constricted. And now our blood can flow through there just fine. And when we're, so people understand the top number tells us the maximum pressure right when the heart pumps. The bottom number tells us the minimum pressure in between beats of the heart. Oh, okay. Sodium helps us with the top number. Potassium helps us with the bottom number. And then all the cofactors that go into this, that's why Cardio Miracle, I believe, is so powerful. They really got this right. They got the right minerals, the right cofactors, and it just works. Now, on top of that, my stress protocol can help lower your blood pressure too. Now, where is this at, Kevin? In my head. In the store or something? <laughs> the Cardio Miracle's in the store. <laughs> the stress protocol's still mostly in my head, although, I've put out the four things that make up the stress protocol and everything else that I'm working on is just going to be tweaking. I mean, if you do these four things a couple times a week, you'll get results. Or if you do any of the four, even one of the four, you get some results. If you do all four, you get powerful results. So again, the four are cold exposure. 
go outside in the cold with very little clothing on until you shiver. When Once you start shivering, you, you now know that that cold is effective. Get into cold water, take cold showers. You know, three minutes of a cold shower after an hour hot shower if you want, but finish it with three minutes of cold. Four minutes is about the maximum to really get the benefit. So you, it, I know cold exposure freaks everybody out. It's very uncomfortable in the beginning. It gets to the point where it actually becomes enjoyable, really does. Uh, and we only need about four minutes a day. That's not that much. Um, the, the resistance training with the bands, we only need 10 minutes, a couple times a week, that's it. The breathing, do four rounds of breathing every day. It's incredible the results you get out of that. And then, you know, 20 minutes to an hour of infrared uh, sauna a couple times a week. Those four things will do incredible things for your stress levels. Now, the breathing part, where do you, where can I get some information on how to, the techniques on how to do this? Yeah, it's really easy. Take your phone and go to your app store and look up Wim Hof, W-I-M. H -O. I've got it. Okay. Just okay. just follow the yeah. app. It tells you exactly how to do it. Okay. Okay. I downloaded it a few years ago when you started yeah. talking about it. Yep. It, it, I've never done anything it, with it. All you do is what it says. It'll tell you. Start breathing deeply. In, out, in, out, in, out. And you can set, you know, do you want to do 25 breaths or 35? I mean, you can set that stuff in the app. Just play around with it. Then it, it, he'll tell you, okay, let out that last breath and hold your breath as long as you can. And the app walks you right through that. And then at some point you'd say, okay, I can't hold my breath any longer. You hit the screen and it goes to the next phase, which is that, you know, take a big deep breath in, hold that for 15 seconds. So you just follow the app and it teaches you exactly how to do this. Okay, good. I sure appreciate you, man. I'm glad I found you again, brother. I really do. And God bless you and your family. And everybody on the show man well thank you thank you thank you we'll, we'll get and, and you followed a pretty common pattern lauren don't you see this people who even though they've been eating this way like he said it's probably eight or nine years for him now and he, we know he's got yeah. all those benefits but that high blood pressure just won't go away how many times have we dealt with this oh constantly yeah it's it's constantly. very very common i i would say 70 percent of the people just about probably deal with this somewhat yeah. And it always comes back to minerals. You're absolutely right. And stress, stress, minerals and, minerals. and stress. That's it. <laughs> Funny, that's, that's, I know. Yeah. That's all we've been talking about today. <laughs> yep. Minerals and stress. I get it. All right. Sarah and Vic, welcome. Hey, um, well, I'm quick walking out of the stores here. Um, you mentioned about diesel only eating one particular grass. That's so funny. When Ruby would feel like eating grass. I think, you know, it helps them with digestion or something. I don't know. Uh, she would always go for one particular grass. When Duke goes to eat grass, he goes for one particular grass, but it's not the same one. How weird it's is so that? so funny. Right, and I would have never realized it, except I planted that grass. It, it's part of that cover crop, and I started noticing the minute Diesel walks outside, he heads for that. That's so funny. Like I and I know exactly what each grass looks like that each of them likes. It's the funniest thing. Yeah. And um, he he obviously knows what it smells like because that's how he finds it. He wanders around sniffing, and then when he right. he'll focus in on one of those, and that's the one he'll start chewing on. 
that's also the, the smelling thing. Obviously, we know dogs have a very keen sense of smell. Um, that one plant that covers the ground out in the western states that has those little goat head pickers that stick in their feet, once they step in those a couple times, they start to smell around and avoid that plant that has those nasty pickers. Yeah, I'll bet. I'll bet. But but what I was calling about was a book we we were just listening to right before the show today. Um, I guess Megan Kelly's not on Fox anymore. She's on one. She has her own show on Channel One Eleven on Sirius. And uh, we had happened upon an interview that she did just recently by um, an author. Jonathan Joseph, something, uh, Leonard Sachs. And his book is called Why Gender Matters. And he was talking about the difference between boys and girls as they're developing in the womb. In the third trimester, you can see different parts of the brain are more well-connected in boys and girls. And just what you're saying about the difference between you and Lisa, girls have better smell and sight receptors. Not, not sight, um, they have different sight receptors. Girls and women can smell, he said, not 10 times, but up to 100 times more precise than men and boys can. Boy, that's, that's true in our house. They have, <laughs> and they have um, different sight receptors when it comes to color. Um, like they said, for instance, in art class, boy, boys will draw... Uh, pictures, you know, humans are like stick figures, but they draw action and uh, and motion pictures where girls will spend, you know, like 10 different colors drawing animals and flowers and people with expressions and stuff. And, you know, I was thinking, and it just dawned on me while I was listening to you mention the words um, hunter-gatherer, you know what? Boys are more drawn towards action and motion, and that's why they went hunting. And girls have a better sense of smell and color, and that's why they were doing the hunting gathering. They that, could pick the right plants, the right berries, the right... That makes total uh, sense. Total sense. And let's think about it this. Does. We can... I, I, I don't know if this statistic is true or not, but I, it sounds like it's probably pretty close, and you get the point. We are capable of eating about 99% of the animals that live on the planet. We're only capable of eating about 1% of the plants on the planet. So to be a hunter, you don't need to be able to figure out if that animal's safe to eat or not. They're almost all safe to eat. But if you're gonna be out there trying to figure out which plants to eat, you better have a method of figuring out. And I think a lot of it is sight and even more smell. Yeah. That's really interesting. And then I so have much one... of this is, is really interesting. But let, let's bring this up to modern day in, in two ways. I, I'll probably get deleted from somewhere for talking about this, but I'm going to anyway. Um, this is why men are men and women are women and they should stay that way. And I have a feeling all of this gender dysphoria, people not knowing what sex they are, probably comes from our food and our, our, our lifestyle that has hijacked these senses from us. I agree with that. I do. Uh, and then the, another, another thing you were just talking about, the mental versus the physical. Another book I listened to recently called Neuro Wisdom. I'll send you that one, too basically mentioned that the way to be more productive with our 
office work or whatever work we're doing is to get up or stop working a couple minutes every hour, close your eyes, make yourself yawn a few times, and slowly stretch. Even daydream a little bit. Daydreaming helps your mind be more creative and open to other options than what you've been seeing. I I have to get better at that. Part and I, I've read that before and I've practiced it before. Part, part of my struggle is I don't like the mental work. I, I do a lot of it I, and I'm good at it. I don't like it though. I'm not comfortable. It makes me anxious. And I don't suffer from any kind of anxiety like you know I've heard a lot of people describe. But I do get mm-hmm. some of those anxious feelings at the end of the day if I've done too much brain work. Now, it's not mental. I'm not worried about something. I'm not anxious about something in my brain, but I feel the physical aspects of anxiety, like a tightness in my chest, like I, you know, I can't take a deep breath, like I can't relax. That's what happens when I do too much brain work. So when I try these methods of get away from it for just a couple minutes, I don't want to go back. I, I'll, you know, if, if I take a break and go walk out in the garden, which will eliminate those feelings almost immediately, it feels so good. I don't want to go back to the brain work and I'll just spend the rest of the day in the garden or outside. Right. So what Maybe I found what is, said, so. and I've just got to figure this out and practice it because I realize what I'm doing is not healthy. What I find is I just bury myself into the brain work and I don't let myself daydream or go take a break because if I stick with it, then I, I can, you know, I, I get it done. If I try to get away from it, I have a really hard time going back to it. He actually says that taking the few minutes to daydream actually helps your brain put things oh, I'm together sure. better yeah. and I'm sure abilities. I mean, yeah, getting outside and walking around and going in the garden is great for you, but it, like you said it, it's hard to go back. So there's all these kind of tools to set little reminders, little tones once an hour to stop to stop what you're doing, close your eyes, make yourself yawn. And then tear back up to the desk. Yeah, I, I need to read the book because I got to figure this out. But I'll tell you what happens with me and the little tones and the warnings. They stress the hell yeah. out of me. I find I those things off. so stressful. It's like I'm in the zone. I'm working and, you know, my brain's already tired, and working hard. And then that tone goes off and I look and I'm like, oh, I'm right in the middle of a thought I need to. F-, and, and I start getting stressed when my tones go off. Maybe you could use something besides a tone, something visual, that, that just like make, maybe a little light, a little soft light that turns on and you don't have to do anything to it. You can finish your thought and then you turn it off when you take your break. Yeah, I need to, to try some stuff like that because I, I have determined it's it's the research, the brain work, the reading, the writing, computer work that just that it's just not good for me. Yeah. So I, I so I was I was wondering I wanted to ask um Tim because men and women are literally wired differently in their brains for taste and smell who did they do most of the testing on? Oh, that's a was good question. It men or women? Yeah. you know how because a lot of the medical stuff is but you know it has been tested on men mostly and to the exclusion of women and we our bodies are different and respond differently to testing so that's I mean, I know I've tried the taste and score stuff and I can tell, okay, this tastes good. This is awful. So I don't need that. But, you know, how different 
is it between men and women and do they look at that yeah that'd be interesting to know that specifically you know whether you need it or not is for is how it tastes to you but is there a difference between men and women like have they done uh have they done tests with you know compare blood tests versus what people actually sent right you know it's it Really, it never fails. The more I learn about anything health-wise, the more I realize how wrong we've been on so much stuff. Right. It's a wonder we're still yeah. alive. Uh, that's why I think God made us very resilient despite yeah. all of our supposed <laughs> intelligence. Yeah, it's all of our intelligence that has done this to us. Yeah. Well, those were my thoughts for the day. I'll let others carry on, and I'll post those two books I was just talking about on uh, Healthy Tribe. Thank you. Appreciate it. I need to read one. I need to start working on this. Now that I've identified the problem, i got to start working on it. Now I need a solution. Let's, uh, <laughs> let's go to South Carolina. Terrence, welcome. What's up, Kevin? Uh, Lawrence, that got, Tim was amazing, Kevin. Just the stuff that little bit I learned of what he said, just like, the biggest thing was he kept going back to it is, is the balance and, and it, it, it equated to so many things like when you started talking about the Garmin watch and all of that and the, the symmetrical, you know, the, the uh, circle or the figure eight. Right. He put all of that in such layman, layman terms. Kev, I, 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 I got my GED, all right? I, I was cutting out of school when I was in third grade. All right. I mean, I'm not bragging about it. I'm not. I'm not proud of it. I. 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 I went to one year of of, of high school. Hey. And I passed. Hey, Terrence. And then I just didn't go. Terrence. I'm, what? Let me. Let me jump in here. Yeah. All through the first sure. six grades, I was like the ideal student, always on the honor roll, straight A's most of the time. Seventh grade. You couldn't have asked for a bigger change. I became the kid who never went to school if I could get away with it, skip every class I could, um, never did homework. I mean, it almost changed overnight, it felt like. Um, girls may have had something to do with it, I'm not sure. Something changed. And I, I'm almost, you know, you said you're, you're not bragging about it. Sometimes I do. I'm kind of glad I opted out of the indoctrination center. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that, now do you say it that way? Yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of glad I did. But anyway, I, 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 there, there, I, don't, I so, didn't miss anything, really. Nothing. All those days I skipped, I wasn't missing anything. Our, our education system sucks. You know, it's funny, too. You say this now because last night uh, when I took a grandkids down, so we took them out to get some sushi and... Uh, we come home and there was Celebrity Jeopardy's on. And so my fiance goes, why are you always, how do you know all this stuff? I said, I just retained stupid knowledge. She goes, but I went to four, four years of nursing school. I said, I said, I don't know what to tell you. I said, I didn't go to school. I said, I'm not, again, I didn't say that with the kids were there. You know, I, I, I said, I, I don't know what to tell you. I just retained stupid shit or I retained what I want to retain, you know? I, I, it's, I, it's funny. It, it's just. I think sometimes people who study too much in our traditional system don't retain things well. And maybe it's because yeah. they're, 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 they cram so much useless information to our head in school to try to teach us to pass a test. They don't teach us how to learn. There's a difference between memorizing and yeah. learning. And so most of so school I, made, I, I, I picked up a couple. Yeah, yeah, that's it.
So I noticed a couple of things that he that, that Tim said, and was interacting with you. But let's, I'm going to point this out. You probably picked up on it already. You you said you know I need to. I don't know why. And then he said right to me, he says, Kevin, you got to figure it out. Listen to yourself. <laughs> now I say that. Listen, because you I, you do it a lot too. You tell like if you're trying to anything, anything you're trying to explain to someone or, or to get somebody to, to grasp what you know to, to pull in what they're trying to learn or what they're trying to express. And he said it. He said, "Listen to yourself." So when you're not like doing like all this AI stuff, I get it. But if it isn't working, just I mean, you know it. Just move away from it. Yeah. But just the way he the, the way he explained and things and just put and again, it wasn't in a technical form. It wasn't. It was just. Layman's terms flat out just you know what he's put really it out good there at? And, 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 like, and like I said. You know what he's really good at? Analogies. Yeah. He just made and really that, good analogies. Yep. Lauren, I think you even commented. I I even hit on a good analogy there, the the pump in our heart. Yeah, that was great. I haven't ever thought about it like that, and I will definitely be using that. Well, it, that it's, was wonderful. That, that's, that's not technical. What an analogy does is it you try to use an analogy of something everybody understands. Now, everybody well, doesn't understand, understand, yeah, yeah. understand pumps, but this guy just told me he rebuilt his own engine. I, I think he, yeah. gets, he gets pumps, so that was a good analogy to use for him. But that's the power of analogies. We take something somebody understands and then we relate it to something somebody doesn't understand. And some some people call it dominant down, but it's really not. It's no, for making someone to understand, you know what I mean. Like, well, look, so I, I, there's another I, thing. I, I, if, if Tim if Tim didn't use analogies, I would have been lost. So he he it, we can we can call it dumbing it down all you want. Tim needed to dumb it down for me. I couldn't have gotten all the technical <laughs> stuff that he knows. I don't I don't have that base of knowledge. Yep, and then the one other thing that I what he he said and you said it too, which kind of I was at first when he said it was the body what, what you what you consumption. So I'm thinking, well, I'm consuming thinking the eating part. I didn't realize now. I hope everyone else maybe this will help someone else. Is what he wasn't talking about what you consume in your mouth is what your body is consuming. So then we may have to think another terminology for that. So I think so. Pay. Yeah. Or maybe everyone has to understand it. I'm just, a, I'm just a dummy, and I don't understand it. No, but I heard. I'm like, well, no, I'm eating. You're you know, right. It's, We're, it's, it's then, but the what word, your body uses. The word so we have to, consumption is confusing in this context. So we do think. So we we consume the mineral by eating it. Then our body consumes it in some sort of process. That's what right. that's the consumption right. we're talking about. Our body uses up this mineral in processes and then we need to replenish it. And that's what I was ne that that part never clicked with me and I don't know why. It's it, it, like I said it's it, he, he just he laid it out there like that. It was like and you you know like even he even told you too like when you were doing this with the stress thing with the breathing and all of that. I mean, it's, he, he was aware of all that stuff. I don't, obviously he's been doing this for so long that he knows of these things, but uh, well, it's it, just, amazing. Well, again, Kevin, he's another one of those guys amazing. Yeah, and, and let me say this, I didn't invent this protocol. 
that all of this stuff existed. I didn't randomly sit around one day and think, oh, I wonder if an infrared sauna blanket would help. With doing my research, I came across something that said, here's That's how. That's right, yeah. So, so there was a reason for me to go to these four. I didn't make these up or create them. They all existed. I think one of the things I did in the last couple of years was put it all together in a way that makes more sense for people. No, an easy way to put that is you did all the hard work for us and just laid it out for us. And now, you, and, and, and now you still have to do the hard work of doing it every day. Right. And here's that, so that's my final thought. I'll let someone else get in. So now, but Keith was talking, I heard that guy Keith called the first one. He's saying, you know, I used to work out all the time. And I'm like, I never really worked out. But I, what I was going to say to him with his blood pressure and, and, and with the cardio miracle is amazing. He should do the X3 bar because, again, it's 10, Kevin, you said it, so 10 minutes or less. And, and, and here's the thing. I'm, t- I'm saying this to him, but I haven't done it. Kevin, I haven't. Like I said, I'm doing the construction, still going on the house. I'm, I'm like, completely out of whack. I know. But I know what I, I got to do, and the minute I get back into doing it, it's like you you do your body just feels amazing after doing those, 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 those a little bit. Immediately. A little bit. Immediately. I haven't done yeah. it in months. And now it's time for me to get back to it. I, I've done all the biohacking. I'm done with all that. Now I can just, at some point, and I don't know when this is going to come, I am i don't want to do as much biohacking as I've done in the last eight years because it almost always sets me back. And, and that's what's been going on for the last couple of years. Every time I biohack or try something new many many times i go backwards so most of the stuff i try doesn't work this is almost like fuel mileage you know i said for years i've tested hundreds of products for fuel mileage i'll test stuff that i know doesn't work just so i can say i tested and i do the same thing with the biohacking and I, at some point, I think I've got to stop. Right. I, I'd really just like to settle down yeah. and start doing all of the stuff I've learned. Yep. And then you told maybe something, someone else does a little bit of the hard work, and then you learn from them. Yeah. So I'll I, let someone I, else get in there. Like I said, Tim was amazing. Like I said, I hope to God you get him back or you get a mini series. And just, just, you know. It, oh, <laughs> I just had a total brain cramp there, Terrence. I, I was hovering over the hang-up button waiting for you to finish, and I pressed it. I, so, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off mid-sentence there. Uh, you know, when, when Tim said you should just call me once in a while and we should just talk, I, I agree with him. We'd probably come up with all kinds of great stuff, but I also agree I should probably hit the record button, even if we're not on the air. Oh, we would all appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, I think some good stuff would come out of it. But I, I really think I'm at this point where um, I need to back away from a bunch of stuff for a while. You know, I'm back down to the low, almost low 30s again on my HRV. My sleep is disrupted again horribly. Uh, and I know why. It, it's all the testing I've been doing and the biohacking and stopping the the stress protocol because I didn't want that interfering with the results. But I, I think I need to set a time uh, and just commit to I'm not going to do any new biohacking for six months would be nice. Three months would be wonderful, but six would be really nice. And, you know, it's probably a good time. We've solved a lot of problems in the last year or two. We've come up with a lot of new strategies and products. And I think it's just time for me to take a break 
and see how healthy I can get in six months. There you go. And I need, so no biohacking. So I'll stick with my supplement regimen. I'll stick with my stress protocol regimen. Well, I'll get back to it. I can't say I'll stick with it. I got to get back to it first. Um, and I've got to find some balance on the brain work. Huh. I mean, I will be so proud of you for doing it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I need Let's to. You can do it. I know. I need to. You do. I agree. Oh. All right. It'll be good. Let's, uh, Let's go do some more work instead. Uh, let's go to Illinois. Jeremy, welcome to the program. Thank you. I like uh, the analogy just talking about uh, that humans, you know, might not be best at machine time, you know, or, or working with machines or, yeah, I mean, not. I know we, you know, we're not drive, drive we're, trucks we're, and we, some people love working on on engines, you know, which is, we still have our hands or working, you know, it's kind of physical, but well, the mechanics side, maybe, but I know I, I was mainly talking about screen time and, and maybe the internet thing and the brain. You were talking about the brain work. So, yeah. man, uh, you you have created so much and you brought us all us great information and you test everything and you have you've done it. You and you, I would hate to see AI make you know not have you be creative uh, for new things to come or. Well, it, it, it's, I, I, I'm just saying it. No, know? I, I agree. And it's not uh, just AI. AI has been the last couple of months, and that's been too much brain work, too much reading, yeah. too much testing. But I also, I just need to back away from some of the biohacking, too. Yeah, I was going to say, unless AI is used, like you say, as a tool to help you have less screen time. <laughs> well, and it, it at anyway. some point, no, you're right. At some point it will get there. The problem is right now it's the opposite. Yes, I, I've, I'm already using AI to help me write my post and that's saving me a lot of time and brain work, but there's so much to learn about AI and it's changing so fast that that's what's become just overwhelming. And I just need to back away and find some balance on that. And again, not just AI. I need to back yeah. away from all of, uh, you know, I decided AI is so powerful, I'm gonna go back and try to finish my books. Well, sure, AI helps with that, but it's still incredibly intensive brain work even using AI. And I, I just realized I, I'm, I'm going backwards again. I'm, I'm, all of my numbers are going down, they're not going up. And it's certainly not diet. My diet's cleaner than ever. Uh, it's just I, I'm just spending too much time reading and staring at a screen. And I've, I've just got to, I, I gotcha. just need a break. It's that time. Gotcha. Uh, um, I was going um, to, I was trying to follow your thought on, you know, uh, like the consumption, you know, the minerals to intake, intake. And then uh, as far as how much our body consumes the minerals, you know, now would that be, pretty much related to our activity or, or you know, uh, heat, heat, you know, how much we sweat or... Uh, well, so that's something else. Or that just how I'm, much we absorb. That's something else I'm learning. We know which minerals we lose through sweat, and those are those tend to be the ones we focus on, which is good. We should. That's why we use Light Balance and Actimag and even Cardio Miracle. All of those things help with that that physical loss of minerals from physical activity. Now I'm wondering what kind of minerals get consumed when we're doing mental activity. Wow, yeah, okay, okay. Yeah, I got you. I wanted to, you know, the cardio miracle, before you found the cardio miracle, you know, when you were 
you know, I don't know, a year ago or so. I remember you were looking into Moringa. I was wondering what was the purpose for finding that? Were you just looking for something that had a lot of different, you know, the most nutrients in no. one type thing? No. You know, that, oh. all okay. I was looking at Moringa for is that it's an adaptogen. So I was just researching oh, really? adaptogens oh. in general, and Moringa is an adaptogen. Oh, I didn't know it's adaptogen. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. And so adaptogen as far as adapting our body to stress and about our Correct. environment and stuff or yep. helps us. That, that's what oh, okay. adaptogen. So what's your opinion on it? Um, I haven't really used it. Enough. On Moringa. I, I, haven't, now. I haven't used it enough or tested it enough to know. Oh, okay. Um, and okay. I'm probably not going to because that would be another biohacking project right now. Uh, I, I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I know we have been kind of looking at oxalate, you know, and they said something about that moringa though doesn't doesn't it's a different type of oxalate, like doesn't get uh, trade calcium oxalates or something. I don't that, know. I saw something that, like that. But. Yeah, it, it, it's possible, and and we always have to remember adaptogens. Yeah. Adaptogens all come from plants. Plants also have okay. chemical defenses, so we always have to balance that out. But this goes back again to me yeah. now having the belief that animals are food and plants are more like supplements and medicine. And, and supplements and medicine can always have a yeah. downside. They have a side effect that we have right. to be aware of. Yeah, totally. And, uh, and plus it's the uh, animal's food to eat, and then we eat the animal, right? Yeah, many times. Many times that's yeah. the case. But, so, yeah. you know, right. we, we focused on the mushroom right. adaptogens because they're some of the most powerful. But Moringa is an adaptogen. Yeah. Uh, holy basil. Uh, you can get holy basil tea. That's an adaptogen. Dark chocolate is an adaptogen. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. All right. Um, oh, I uh, had another thought. But, uh, uh, man, I guess I'll... Uh, I guess I'll let someone else get in. Uh, I All can't right. remember it. Dang it. All right. All right. There you go. Too many, too many new thoughts today. It was almost a little overwhelming. I know. There was just so much information that I don't think anyone had even really wrapped their head around. It so now there's all these ideas bubbling to the surface. <laughs> yeah, about 95% of what Tim and I covered, I didn't anticipate covering today at all. Wasn't even a thought. Yeah. That just happened. Made it. Made for a good show. <laughs> yeah. Let's go to Wyoming. Max, welcome. Hello, Kevin. I spend a lot of time listening to you these days. Well, thank I'll you. for a long time. I heard something different that Tim said today, and I was wondering if anybody else heard it. He said that the bottom blood pressure number was a deficiency in potassium. And he said the top number was salt retention. Correct. I just wondered if anybody else heard that. Yeah, we retain salt uh, because we have an imbalance of the three big minerals, salt, magnesium, and potassium, okay. which is primarily what light I, balance is. I got into... I've told you I'm 77 years old, and I've had a two-year physical card up till this, up till a couple of weeks ago. And I started putting a year or so ago. I started putting a little salt in my coffee, and my I've been having a little trouble with my blood pressure. And I take Cardio Miracle, but I couldn't get it down. I had they gave me a low dose of 
blood pressure medicines, five milligrams of something, supposedly to uh, work on my blood vessels. I thought, well, hell, that's the same thing that um, Cardio Miracle does, but I just got a one-year card because he had to give me a prescription to Did, pass me. Was it so, was it lisinopril um, they prescribed? No, I don't believe so. It was two two names. And one of them began with an A and the other one with an M. I, huh, okay. Uh, lisinopril is a really common first drug for high blood pressure. Five milligrams. And I took it for two days and went back and passed. But uh, I... When I heard that salt retention, I thought, I'm probably consuming too much salt. It's it's but. not probably too much salt. It might be not enough of the other minerals. I I probably should start. I got Actimag. I, I just got four jugs of, of uh, oh, the liquid. Light um, balance. Light balance. Uh, and uh, I just got it yesterday. But, uh. And I hadn't run out, but um, I been I take some of that Actimag. Well, I had some Mellow too. I took that at night. I think that helped me sleep better. But uh, and I sleep good. And but uh, my I couldn't get that top number of my blood pressure down. And I I'm thinking, well, maybe I'll uh, try to up the potassium. I'll get me some potassium and see. Or I don't. Should I use extra potassium? I, I would Bottom number. I, I you know what I would do? I would increase your light balance. So okay. most I, of us I about that too. Yeah, most of us are not even taking the daily dose. I don't take the daily dose. Daily dose of light balance is two capfuls. I only do okay. one. Because one's enough. I get the results I okay. need with one. So I've I've recommended some people move up to four caps a day. Okay. Well, those sticks sounded pretty good to me. Um, I like that idea. I'm uh, going to start putting that on my food and see how that works. Two cap bowls would be one stick. One stick, right. Um, yeah. I'm, I'll probably try some of that, too. I seem to be ordering stuff from your store all the time. And I, we like that. My oldest son. We appreciate it. Has MS. And I've got him to try and some. He's on Cardio Miracle. and Good. He takes like light balance and all that. I'd like to get him. I'm trying to get him to take a NutriQ and have a 101 with Lauren. But that would be awesome. Uh, he's like, he's like 52 years old, but he has really he has to walk with a cane. But uh, so have you um, anyway? Have you introduced him to anything by um, Dr. Terry Walls? I did. Okay, good. Way back there, um, I'm. I made him watch a video with Dr. Terry Walls, and he's not receptive to try. Well, I guess at two years ago, or during, they gave him an IV of some experimental MS medicine, and he was, he's basically, that's what put him to walking with a cane. Oh, boy. And it took him close to two years to get that out of his system. Oh. I don't think he's got it out of his system yet, because yeah. he, he has these hellacious headaches. He. In he works for an independent operator in the oil field, and he just drives around in a pickup all day. You know, but there I, was a while there, I'm he just, couldn't even work. Yeah, I don't mean to interrupt, but this makes me crazy. Our whole medical system is just so damn broken and corrupt. Look, I understand we've got a test on human beings, but man, we, we the way we do it is just awful. 
And and to to take somebody like that and use them as a guinea pig and then make them worse just infuriates yeah. me. And he's he's a big healthy looking guy, but uh, um, I'm I'm still gonna get him to do the Nutricue sooner or later. Good, but uh, maybe he'll have a a one on one with him for a ten minute yeah. call with Lauren. That would be good. Uh, I think. I'm I'm a believer that I'm like you that leaky gut causes a lot of these autoimmune diseases. It, it, I think it is the root and, cause. I mean that that is the 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 medical field still wants to argue that leaky gut doesn't even exist, and if it does, it's not causing autoimmune. Yeah. But they have no explanation for autoimmune, and this is the best explanation I've heard. It makes sense. And. Uh, like I say, he's but well, he's he gets quite a bit of stuff from your store. I had I had to pay for it to get him to try it, but now he's, <laughs> he uh, he saw the value. Good, he's, uh, good. He's a believer. Good on some of it, but he's hard to convince. He's hey, hard-headed, kind of like uh, I suppose his parents. You know, I but, I'm, uh, I am too. I, I talk about how skeptical I am when I first hear some of this stuff. I'm very yeah. skeptical of a lot of it, but I'm also you show me proof, show me results, and I'll change my mind. Yeah, I, he's kind of that way. He's very skeptical, especially. Yeah. After they tried to kill him with a <laughs> IV. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, he has a right to be skeptical. Um, well, are you going to do a space today? I am. Um, I'm not sure what time. Oh, I, I was waiting okay. on a cable to come so I, I could fix something. Um, and I really want to try okay. it today in the space. So just keep an uh, eye out. I'll, it, I'll find you. Yeah, it'll probably okay. be sometime between now and noon or so. I don't think I'm going to go start it much later than that. So just keep an eye out, and I'll give okay. everybody 15 or 20 minutes heads up. I'll uh, I'll get off here. Just before I get off, Interstate 80 has not half the traffic on it this year as it's had in the last 10 years. wonder why. Uh, 80 where? Truck traffic. Where? No, from Cheyenne to North Platte's where I'm running right now. Okay, interesting. But I've run 80 to Salt Lake City for 18 years previous to this. But So I'm pretty familiar with Interstate 80. But uh, it just, there's no vacationers out here. Oh, there's, okay. And uh, a good half of the trucks are normally on this thing. Yeah, you know, we, we should um, see a decrease in truck traffic. Evidence. Yeah, we, we should be able to see yeah, a decrease well, in truck traffic because freight's it's, way down. It's very uh, it's very sparse. Interesting. And that's and for the last five or six years for sure it's yeah. Traffic's been pretty well end to end on this thing. Huh. Interesting. All right. Good stuff. Let's uh, let's continue through the calls here. Let's go to Ohio. Tom, welcome. Yeah. Hi, Kevin. Hi, Lauren. See if I can get all this out. I've got it all in my brain. I did. I, I, I only got about half of what Tim said because I was driving through the mountains of Pennsylvania. Um, but what I did grasp. So we have vitamins, minerals, and trace minerals. And is there? Do we even know what all 
is supposed to be in our bodies with vitamins, minerals, and trace minerals. Is there? Have you seen a comprehensive list of everything that we're supposed to have? No. Number one, and then and no, right? Okay, no. so there, there, that would be a, that would be a problem, wouldn't it? I mean, if you're not exactly sure what you're supposed to have in your body, then hey, how you supposed I, to get it in your body? I have a theory. I I have a theory that what we're supposed to get we don't need to, we shouldn't need to know this before we knew it we were actually healthier than now that we do think we know it do you know what i mean yeah hunter gatherers didn't know any of this touching. stuff they didn't know vitamins existed they didn't know minerals existed and they were really healthy now we know all these things exist. No, we think we know what they're supposed to do in our body, and we pretend like we know how much of it we should consume, no, right. and yet we're unhealthy. Right, okay, but, 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 okay, no, so that goes to my second, probably four different uh, thoughts, is that hunters and gatherers were all doing the same thing. They were out there hunt, hunting and gathering. Well, but wait, you know, but so wait, they were all, Let, let's... Let's talk about that, because I did a, a lot of research on the different tribes in the U.S. Sure, they were all hunter-gatherers, but the tribes in the Pacific Northwest, not at the ocean, like Montana, Idaho, Eastern Oregon and Washington, that tribe was very, very different than a tribe in Florida. Well, that, well yeah, but they were, they were nomadic. You know what I mean? They were, but, they were, but hold on, the, the people that lived in Montana did not make it to Florida. They spent most of that. No, 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 I, they, I, they, I, I remember they, this blew my mind. There's a, there's a place in Arizona right off of 17 in between Phoenix and Sedona. And it's an old yeah. um, cliff dwelling site. And you know what blew me away? It's an Anasazi site, yes, Anasazi cliff dwelling. Yeah, yeah, what yeah, blew yeah. me away was they lived there for 6,000 years. 6,000. Right, right, Let's right. think about that. What year are we in right now? 2023? Yeah. yeah. They yeah, lived but, in but that one area for 6,000 years. But they also all disappeared, and they're not sure where they went. So they held that, well, they held that up. Maybe they could have moved around a little bit better. So after six thousand years, they needed some fish. I mean, <laughs> I don't. I don't. That was sort of a. That was sort of tongue in cheek. No, I know it was. It so oh. was my answer. After six thousand years, all of a sudden they had a yeah, deficiency right, of fish, right. and they had to head for the ocean. What? what right. So, so that's what they did. Who knows? Here's my theory about human beings. We can eat almost any diet and be healthy if it's true, real food that comes from nature. And, and maybe we don't even need all of those things, or maybe we get all of those things from any real food diet. If the soil was healthy and we were living outside, and I, I think our whole RDI, recommended daily intake, is total bullshit. It, it, it's, that was my next. Okay, that's my next thing. So, Laura, Lauren said that uh, uh, you know, a pregnant woman needs half as much as potassium. And so, let 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 let's uh, let's let's uh, um, call that fact that the recommended daily allowance is bullshit. Okay, so that would also mean that any tests that you do. So, it, let's say there was a comprehensive list of vitamins, minerals, trace minerals that you needed and 
how many tests would that take to well, cover all those? First probably off, be ten or twenty of them. First but off, if, a lot if, of if the, if the, if let me let me interject a thought there. We can't even yeah. test many of these things properly, and we know that, and yet we keep testing them. That's what I'm saying. If the if the recommended daily allowance is 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 screwed, right? Then that test that you get is going to be based basically on the the, the recommend, you know, or right. another, an, you know, another, you know, it's going to be recommend, you know, it's whatever they recommend. So that's going to be flawed. It's flawed too. Correct. So that's flawed too. But right, and so a truck driver, me, the last time I sweat was I think uh, last July. You know what I mean? Right. Because um, I, I have no t- no touch freight, so my but my mineral and trace mineral and all that stuff is going to be a different than yours will be when you're out in the garden or if I'm you know out working my ass off for another guy. So it 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 it's it, it, it's absolutely different for every single human being. So you, on the bottle of the vitamins and whatnot, the recommended daily minerals would be different for one guy than another because you know and then there's okay and then we have then we have chelated um vitamins um do you recommend those when i take vitamin c i take a big pill hold on is it better if i chew that pill there's no right answer to this there there's a lot now chelated is one issue but so are all the different forms of these minerals there's lots of different right. forms of each mineral. Magnesium especially, magnesium has tons of different forms and they actually do very different things in our body. But I, I'm, what I really think we're, we're coming up against is that there's still a lot of this we just don't know. We've had so much we of this so know. wrong and we keep going through the motions like somehow it's helping. What, what really seems to work, here's what always seems to work, and we don't really need to measure much. What works is when we get back, the closer we get to living like a hunter-gatherer, the healthier we are. That's, that's about the only known I think we're dealing with here. Everything else, I, I think we're, we're nibbling around the edges, but I don't think we have much of an understanding of a lot of this stuff. I agree. Virtually everything we do that we get really, really good results from, if you look at it, all we did was was try to mimic what hunter-gatherers did. Eat more meat, eat some raw food, eat some cooked food. That You know, hunter-gatherers never had access to chemicals or processed food, none of any kind. And the less of that food we eat, the healthier we are the more time we spend outside. And I can't quantify all of that. I don't know what all of that grounding is really doing and what the sunshine is doing and what the fresh air is doing. And what what about, is it possible that all of those smells in nature actually interact with our body and do something? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. and we miss all that. And we wonder why we're sick and dumb and we're getting sicker and dumber all the time. We we keep moving further and further away from the way we evolved. We're obsessed with creating something new, this new idea, this new trend. But it's all about going back in time and doing what worked for thousands of years. Yeah, or tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands. 
and, and, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and and then we'll start arguing. Boy, I know I'm going to really upset a lot of people here, but you got to at least think this way. Then we start creating religion, and and boy, we can really get screwed up here because I've had the argument with people that, oh my God, I can't believe you tell people not to eat bread. It's the staff of life. No, that's a religious belief. And, and the people that hold religious beliefs, I hate to do this, but religious beliefs are, are never based in fact. They're based in faith, the exact opposite of a fact. It's believing something when there's no evidence whatsoever to prove it. That's what religion is. Well, it's also that, but it's, it's, it's also that we, the bread of back then is not the bread of today. Yeah, that's another issue, yeah. Oh. But I don't think we should have been eating the bread of back then. I really don't. I, I don't think that was healthy for us. I don't think that adds to our health. Maybe it, it, at best, it might be neutral. If you have the right grains you're starting with and they were you know, raised properly without all the chemicals and you prepare them you know, soaking and sprouting and doing a sourdough, a fermented. Yeah, I, I think if we do enough of that stuff, then that food at least becomes neutral. I don't believe it ever adds yeah, to Yeah, but health. I think the bread also, but the bread also wasn't ever really eaten alone. In my opinion, or what I recall from Bible is it was eaten with fish. A lot of fish was eaten, things like that. Yeah, and, th- and that made a difference too. But I think even that was our first step away from how we evolved. Because bread is, is less than 15,000 years old. See, there's where religion yeah. gets in the way now because religion has a very different timeline than science does. And we've never really resolved that. Yeah, that is true. And I'm not telling people not to be religious. I believe in spirituality and, and you need a connection and, and belief system. And, and But I, I that doesn't mean we got it all right. Yeah, I just think that you don't have to be a literalist either. Right, right. But part of what we're up against is our world is, I'm going to use the word corrupted. Our entire world has become corrupted, and I don't mean the way we normally use that word. I mean, our, our, our way of living is corrupted and broken. It does not match our nature anymore, and that's why we're so sick. And, and because it's so prevalent, it's almost like we have to fight back 10 times as hard against that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's just, it, it continues to get worse. Have you seen now they're, they're, I can't believe how fast this has all happened. We went from, oh my God, Wagovia is a miracle weight loss drug and people are willing to pay $1,500 a month to get it. And now, oh look, it even helps people with addiction. And within less than a year of this thing really catching on and taking off, now all the articles about all are, are all about the horrendous side effects from this drug. Yeah. And yet people are still willing yeah, to I try it. I know. Wow. Yeah, talk about a supplement. You're a snake oil salesman. Sell them Wagovi for $1,500 a month and a boatload of serious side effects, and they're on board. How do you explain that? You don't. Uh, it's just you insane. Don't. It's no different than, you know, think about when we ate whatever we felt like eating. 
you know, the standard American diet, where it was nothing to grab a bag of Doritos because you were hungry and eat Doritos and then, you know, grab whatever next. When you ate those horrific non-foods that we can prove are so bad for you, nobody ever said a word, right? But show up one time yeah. with other people and order a burger without a bun and people lose their mind. What do you mean you're not going to eat bread? Why not? Why didn't you question me when I was eating the Doritos? <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> you're going to eat all that oh, meat? That'll give you a heart attack. Oh, but what did you think all that processed food was doing to me? And you never bothered to mention that. Yeah. And by the way, you're completely wrong. The meat's not going to give me a heart attack. You've just been indoctrinated and brainwashed. Isn't that the truth? <laughs> oh, isn't it kind of crazy? Don't you feel like, like um, I don't even know how to describe it. We know this information that so few people know, and it's so important. Yeah, stuff that everybody should know and practice. Yeah, I know. We still have calls. Let's get to some. Let's go to Michigan. Tim, welcome. Hey, Kevin, how are you? Listen, uh, eat this bread for this is my body and drink the wine and drink my blood. Nobody's drinking blood, so you can't lean on the fact that everybody's supposed to eat bread as well. But let me get back to, uh, uh, I've got a few things I, I need to get out. Uh, one, looking forward to the garden party uh, that you're going to have. Two, <laughs> you were nailing, uh, you were nailing, you were answering your own question. Get back to, to the earth part of everything, like Tim before was saying, get back to the basics. Get rid of stuff that has ingredients, okay? And then, and then you even said it yourself. You go into a different Zen-like place when you smell jasmine, right? Oh yeah. I mean, why can't that be part of your protocol that you take? It sounds weird. A big sniff or a whiff of jasmine when you're trying to come down and you're trying to ease up. There's some cherry blossom or apple blossoms across from where I live. And every spring I go out there. Man, if it doesn't take me back to third and fourth grade when I would smell those, I would get so stoked because I knew summer was coming. Oh, yeah. School was ending and I was terrible at school. And that smell brings me back. So I look like a homeless guy every time those blossoms go out there because I'm smelling these trees. <laughs> because it takes me back. It takes me back. And, I'm, and it puts me in a place that, man, I'm removed from everyday stupidity and bullshit. And it's it, beautiful. And Jasmine's your go-to. So why wouldn't you incorporate that? No, you're right. That that makes total sense. You know, here's my, my challenge right. right now. Here's my conundrum. There's my word for the day. Um, here's my conundrum. I'm at a place in life where if I chose to, I could just turn off the computer, turn off the phone, walk out, start working in the garden. I could develop some of my properties into rentals and I could retire and I could live that lifestyle all day, most days. That's pretty tempting. Absolutely. That's pretty tempting. Yep. Can I add to that, Kevin? Yeah. Because you and I are in the exact same spot. I get to paint for a living and it's insane that I get paid to do this and travel the world and paint and it's ridiculous. So now I'm screwed because I don't know what I'm going to do when I retire, become an accountant. What do you do? That's why I want to ask you, you, I asked you the other day about painting and you said, Oh, I can't even paint a stick finger, a stick figure. One, you put up your blocker and you put up your walls. Oh, I can't do it because you think you're, right. you're not any good. I know. Who gives a shit if you're good or not? <laughs> you're because right. don't paint it. If 
not going to go in the gallery. It's not. You don't have to show your friends. You hear the adage about dance like nobody's watching. Man, if that's not a great release. Oh, Paint it like nobody's ever going to see it. That's and a you good, are going to get into challenges. And, that's a good go analogy because that's how I dance. Whether they're watching or not, it might <laughs> well be like nobody's watching. Yeah. So, but I, I know this sounds artsy and all that stuff, but if you would go paint, why do you think all these people in senior citizen homes or when people retire, they go and they create the hunters and gathers, man, they created, they painted on the walls. They dominated the animals that they hunted by displaying them with blood and, and, and painting on the yeah, walls. Right. What creative outlet do you have? What creative outlet do you have? The garden and cooking food. I create with food. But is that, yeah. That, there you go. Okay, I'll give you that. That is creativity. But I think you would go into uncharted waters by getting in front of a blank canvas and start putting a color down because you, along with 90% of the people listening, would think about what will people think if they see this. And that is the first step in the you know, wrong direction. It's not about that. It's an outlet. It's a creative outlet. And your mind will expand immensely. Now, I like that. Here's, here's something else I found interesting. We uh, we do a lot of design work around here because we, we, we create a lot of stuff right. online. So um, we've had designers on the staff before, you know, really well-trained high-end designers. Aaron's got some design background, so he does a lot of our basic design work. Um, Lisa kind of took it up because we needed somebody to do it and we weren't having luck. We had got rid of a few people and uh, Lisa's gotten really good at it. And the joke you around here. Yeah, yeah, I know. The joke around here is don't let me anywhere near the design work. Don't ask me about it. I'm terrible at that kind of stuff. My colors never seem to work right. Nothing does. But what I've found is, and it's the same in a room. Don't let me paint a room or pick curtains or carpet. It will look like hell. No, And, and I look at it and go, what happened? I thought for sure this was going to look really good, and it doesn't. It just looks awful, and I don't know why. But because you externalized it. Here, you externalized it. Here's Kevin, what I found. But, but I found one, one exception to this color design thing with me. My garden's pretty beautiful, but here's what I found. There are no colors in nature that clash. For some reason, no matter what colors I put together, it always ends up looking good when it's all nature. Then paint it. Yeah, maybe so. Maybe that's what I should try. I don't know. I, I, know, I know that sounds. I know that sounds fruity. I know that. But I mean, you, you've tried everything. You've overanalyzed. You come up with algorithms. You do all these other things to stress you out or whatever. And your garden is your go-to. You could expand on that. And another quick question, then I'll let you go because you're running late. What's wrong with an indica or a sativa at the end of the day when your mind is a hundred thousand miles an hour? Oh no, I do it a lot. Yeah, I do it a lot. Um, <laughs> Uh, it, it, it is, is it like melatonin? If you do it every night, is it not a good thing if you do it every night because you become it's, a, 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 a I, new to it, I guess? Well, I, you, you build tolerance to anything like that. Caffeine. Yeah. I mean, I take a break on caffeine on the weekends many times. I won't, I'll, I'll drink decaf coffee on the weekends because it helps reset the tolerance to caffeine so caffeine becomes more effective. I, good call. There are times when I take 30 days off of cannabis completely and it resets that tolerance. What I'm learning though, is how to manage the tolerance better without taking an entire 30 days off. Because I do find several health benefits to it, especially for me. And the big one is the racing mind. 
And, and there are yep. times where I've said, I don't have a racing mind, I can control it, but that's, that's the anxiety and the worry side. I'm not a worrier. I'm not anxious about things. I don't stress over what might happen. That's, and that's what I think of as a racing mind. You know, when people are just Got worried it. about everything that could go wrong, my racing mind is too creative. Like I can't stop my mind from thinking of new ideas. And if it's yep. working on an idea like that, I'm not gonna relax and I'm not gonna sleep. And that's where cannabis comes in. Right. I, I can I can kind of get my mind to, to kind of shut off a little bit. And, and I'm gonna say more normal because I kind of think the way my brain works is somewhat abnormal. And, and that and that's a good point though, because once you're removed from that activity, when you when you do the kite gliding or the parasailing or whatever, man, you're a hundred, you're you're thousand percent focused on what you're doing. You're not thinking about analytics from the, right. the shop or anything like that, right? I mean, so there's your there's your escape, you know. But that takes its toll, you know, physically, and you can't do that all day, and you can't do it right before you go to bed. So I get it. So uh, that, anyhow, just, always a pleasure. You just made a good point. I have been going out late in the evening like the last hour of sunlight which keeps getting later and later and where we are we're far sure. enough north that we're talking you know 9 30 10 o'clock at night i can still be out in the garden in yeah, the I'm but uh, last yeah. night things needed watered i've been so tired the last couple of days i have not been out there watering and it's been cold so i didn't feel like it Last night was almost like, boy, do I let these things go one more night without water? And I made the decision not to go out there and water because I think getting active that late in the day is affecting my sleep and my stress. Yep. And instead, just like blue light, right? I mean, right. Yeah. So instead, I started reading a novel at about five thirty or six o'clock, and I just basically laid around reading most of the night. I watched a little bit of TV and then, and I, I probably had the best night of sleep I've had in a month. And did guilt enter into your mind at all? I, uh, you know, not a, li a little bit. <laughs> See, it shouldn't. I know. And that's what I've got. And, and this is the whole issue of, well, why don't I just retire? Why don't I? I've worked, uh, I've been working since I was 13. I know it would be much healthier. Right. For me to retire right no out i could build a really because really healthy lifestyle but i think but, but wait a minute I, I still have way too much to contribute so there's that stigma that we put on it retirement means you turn old and gray and go to sunset acres in florida that's not what retirement no, I don't, is no you know what I mean? no let, no let me tell you what my plan would be it would not be th that at all it would be no that's what i'm saying the stigma is right yes. right i would i would turn retirement into just a new phase in my life where i was doing Absolutely. more gardening and and hell maybe i'll go do farmers markets i'm growing enough i could go set up a stand at farmers markets and you know I, maybe i could expand this add some property and and do rentals. I, you know, I would do vacation rentals because of where I lived. And, uh, you know, I, it would be a very active retirement, but I, I feel like I've spent 40 years learning all this stuff that I've learned to help people in the trucking industry. And am I just going to walk away from that? Well, you do it on your terms, obviously. America needs you because you're of a sound mind and body and you're the only thing out there that right now that makes sense. So you need to stick around. And I'm going to suggest something, and I know you don't take these suggestions, but you were talking about it earlier. 
it's, I think it's an hour and a half. It's a documentary of the guy used to be a photographer for National Geographic, the biggest little farm. And he talked, they talk about the importance of ground cover and that's what saved their ass. It is a fantastic watch. And maybe that's what you do before you go to bed and get wound up or whatever. But I highly suggest it. And I know you're really finicky about those things. And I was hesitant about bringing it up, no, that I'll but watch. it is pleasing. It, it's fantastic. It, 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 everything is a seven year cycle, how it goes through and you have to be, you got to bear with it because things, and it's amazing what came into this and what left. And by letting nature and bringing in owls and finding out that the ducks eat the snails that were ruining the crops and all these <laughs> things, it all balances it out. It is fantastic. It's worthwhile. And I hope you enjoy it. I'll let you go. Great talking to you again. And, and get out there and paint, throw some color, just enjoy. There you go. Appreciate it. All right, let's go to Ohio this time. Tim, or Tom, we were with Tim. Tom, welcome. <laughs> it's me again. I dropped out uh, last time, but, um, uh, and I wanted to come full circle with what, it, what, it was, what, what my thoughts were there. But first of all, um, about your retiring, everything's changed uh media wise and everything else and i think about i speak probably for 90 percent of the people that listen to you that if that's going to help your health and that's something as much as we need you and that's something that you want to do we're a hundred percent a thousand percent behind you and there's no reason when you retire like a lot of guys are doing now is just doing a podcast and it doesn't have to be a daily podcast it can be and it can be a half hour it can be 15 minutes um five dollar you know behind the paywall thing that you know uh, pay for your electricity or whatever uh that might be a route that you want to go i certainly i certainly would if i was in your position you know um and spend the rest of the time gardening and doing whatever it is you want to do but uh you know, maybe that's an option. I'm not telling you what to do, but I'm, oh you no, know. it's I, I need ideas because I, I the ideas of all or nothing certainly isn't going to work. I mean, I, I've, I've that I'm just not going to walk away from, you know, what we've created here. Obviously, um, and no, I, I don't think you have to. You know, and, and so I mean, hot, you can still you know, retire, but you don't have to do it daily. It, you don't have to do this every day because there's some days that you don't like to do this. I know, yeah. you know, you're, you're, you're human. You know, and I will correct one thing. And, and actually, I, I, it may sound like I'm complaining. I'm not. I'm, I'm flattered by this. But when you say all of us would support that, you're not even close to being right. I, I will tell you, I have gotten well, people really Anybody that cares about but, you would. Well, uh, that might be. But just let me give you an example. I have gotten some really, really nasty messages um, and some nice messages, not all of them were nasty, but I've gotten a lot of feedback about the time that I spend on Twitter now, the Twitter spaces. But the thing nobody seems to realize, I didn't take any time away from anything. I didn't do less radio no, time. I didn't do less research time. I didn't do less no. testing time. I added something, but people actually complained because they thought I was taking time away from something else and they don't like the Twitter part. Well, I don't think that I would even spend another second listening to people that complain about that. Well, you know, hold, I mean, hold, why, hold, why would hold, you? Let I, me explain why. Would you why? Let that bother you? Well, I'll explain why. Because I've programmed myself over years and years that that's how you run a successful business. 
You have to listen to your customers. You, and this, I've often said, this is the most difficult business I've ever listened to customers. You know, if I did taxes, when my primary business was doing taxes, it was pretty easy. Here's what we do, we do taxes. It, now though, that we do lots of different things, there's always somebody that doesn't like this and somebody that wants more of that, not as much of that. And I, I can't totally ignore that. that, that that goes against how you run a successful business. You have to provide value to the people you want to pay you. So as long as I'm still in business, yeah, but if you're providing I, more value, and then yeah, I know if you're providing more value, and then getting then they, you know what I mean. Some people, you know, you you can hang some people with a new rope, and they'd still bitch about. I it. know, I know, and and I that is one of my weaknesses. I am a people pleaser. I just am. I want everybody to be happy. Yeah. Well, guess what? I know. Okay. That's and, it. Um, so, so, so um, uh, the other day, this construction makes it look like I'm all over the road, but I'm not. Um, this, uh, the other day on Twitter, I tweeted you, and, and I know you don't like to listen to podcasts and whatnot, because you'd rather read the transcripts you, you were saying. Um, but maybe if you're out in the garden and have a, a speaker, uh, you know, the, uh, Wi-Fi or whatever. But the Joe Rogan podcast with RFK uh, was on there the other day, and uh, he brought up a lot of good points. And we were talking about hunter-gatherers. And the one thing that we didn't have then that we do now are all these environmental factors that we have with glyphosate and atrazine and all these chemicals that are now in our food supply. Yes. So, and and we were talking about two years ago, trying to figure out why um, uh, the, 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 the number of autistic people went from one in 2,000, whatever it was, to now it's one in 38. Oh. And if you don't think that that's vaccine-related with the, you know, the uh, mercury that crosses the blood brain barrier and whatnot then you, you know something's the matter with you there's there's a documentary on Dax. if you watch that it'll just make you cry perfectly i find uh, i go uh, in and then get i have become a total anti-vaxxer like i you we need to look totally. go back and look at every single vaccine and stop giving them until we figure this out Total. And if uh, if whoever the next president that wins, if they don't hire JFK to do uh, uh, the whole wash of the FDA, the uh, NIH and the, uh, the, the corporate capture that has happened in our in our system, um, because nobody can trust these people anymore. You don't even trust doctors anymore. No. I mean, that was, if you were to tell somebody that 20 years ago, you're not going to trust your doctor, um, they, they'd say you're a, so, you're a lunatic. And a lot of people so, still say that. So let's think about this. Uh, Tom, how old are you? 57. I think I'm okay. 56 or 57. We're, we're, don't we're, follow too close. <laughs> yeah, let, let's, let's think about this. We're, we're about the same age, so you should get the right answer to this yes. question. When, when. Right parents thought about what they wanted their kids to be what profession what were the top two that always came up lawyers and doctors yep and what do we think of lawyers and doctors today get rid of them all right 
get, yeah, right. Just get rid of them. No, they're they're ruining our jokes, society and our life. How many jokes are about that? I know. Well, not so much doctors. That, that's the new one. Lawyers, you know, we've been picking on lawyers for a long time for good reason. We have way too many of them. And right. most of what they do isn't all that productive. Um, but now we're starting to look at doctors that no. way, too. We have way too yeah. many of and them, and 90% also, of what they do is all wrong. Yeah, because they're not, yeah, yeah. And did you just see that the Hippocratic Oath was uh, was changed in a lot of medical schools? Um, you know, the do no harm thing, well, they threw that out because they know <laughs> goddamn right well that they're doing harm. <laughs> you know what I mean? We're just throw that out, you know, just change it, just go ahead and change it. We're harmed the minute we walk through their door. Yeah, if you, yeah, well, first in your pocketbook, and 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 then your and then your health. Yeah, no, absolutely. And then Lauren was saying um, something regarding uh, men and women are are different from you know in the womb and whatnot. And with all this uh, transgender stuff that's going on, and and now there's more of them, and we know that a lot of that is just. Um, um, Psychosomatic and and uh, and it, you know it, 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 everybody wants to be with the in crowd and somehow that became the in crowd. But this, if you listen to that podcast, which I hope you do, um, you never did read his book, which I begged you to a hundred times. But that the atrazine that is in our water, they took. Now I got this from the uh, Berkeley um, School of Medicine. They they did a big uh, study on this atrazine, and they took. I think it was 10 frogs and put them in this atrazine and they were African frogs, but they say that any mammal or any animal basically can do this is it changes their, their, and this was below the recommended amount that, that they spray on fields and stuff. Uh, six of the frogs became, they were all males. Six of the frogs became uh, sterile. Two of them actually changed over to being females. And one of them was, uh, so female that it could uh, uh, lay eggs. Um, I'm very now, familiar with that research. Um, are you? Yes. Yeah. And yep. I'm wondering, you know, with 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 all these people that are that are now uh, uh, non-binary, non-binary or something. I don't know if this isn't a a, um, a result of of. of uh, having too much chemicals and whatnot. Oh, it is. If, it if it's not environmental. It absolutely is. I, I am completely convinced it has to be. that this is environmental. I think I am too. Yeah, that, that it's our food supply, it's too. our chemicals, it's all the all the chemicals that create estrogen dominance. So remember, both males and females yeah, but, should have a balance of testosterone and estrogen and some of the other sex hormones. And it's a different balance, obviously, for men and women. But look at what's happening there. People are becoming, I think this is the right word, androgynous. Is that the right word? Right. It, so it, it, has, it has to have something to do. Yeah, it's not that everybody's becoming male or female. Every Everybody's becoming something in between. And that's why they're so confused. I, I don't blame these kids. Yeah. We, we did this to them. No, that's not their they, fault. they didn't sit around yeah, in class and, and make this stuff up. They they feel well, this way. There's did. a problem. Yeah, some did. I, I get that. Some of it are doing it just to go along. But this would have never happened right just 75 years ago. I promise this would not no. have happened. It, you could have put all the pressure on these kids no. you wanted and they would not be confused about their gender. No, you were talking a while back about about the soy and, 
and uh, Orientals eat more soy, and you got in a lot of trouble for that one too. Uh, if you remember that they were yeah, a little bit more, I got a week off for that one. Then, You know what I mean? Did you, <laughs> a week, yeah. Yeah, I got uh, a week off. They took uh, me off the air for a that, week over those comments. I, I think that's when the Delaware dude, whatever his name was, that that, that uh, was trying to get you in trouble, that finally ratted you out. I forget his name. I'd sure like to meet him in a in a lighted and alley. He, and, yeah, and, Chris. And I'd like to a, meet him one day. He's a lawyer, by the way. He is. Oh, we know is who he is. The Oriental lawyer. Yes. Oh, you do. You, when are you going to share that? Yeah, yes, agent. We're not. <laughs> We're not. We we handled it. Oh, <laughs> come on. No, you didn't handle it. We did. He's gone. <laughs> uh. So, yeah, he's gone. All right. Yeah, you did. Okay. Okay. I, I have. I, I have. I'm. I have a little more vengeance in my in, in, in me than you do. Yeah, he's um, he's an attorney with Asian yeah, heritage, cool. no doubt. Oh no shit. Yeah. No yeah. So that's what that's what that's, that's what, what set him you. off, right? That's right. That's what set him off. Yeah. Oh okay. Asian heritage. That no no shit. And but nothing you said was was a lie. You know I you know. No, I, it's I, 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 I'll say I, it as again. far as I know. <laughs> and there's nobody yeah. left to cancel yeah. me now, so we're safe. No, no, ex- exactly. Okay, so 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 when we bring it all full circle, that's why I was trying to um, so that the atrazine and every all the other chemicals that so if if it, we left hunter gatherers and we might not have been getting um we, we might not have needed all those minerals and trace what you were you know i don't think we saying. did but now right. no but now that we have all these chemicals we need something whether it's charcoal whether it's sweat baths or something to get this this crap out of our system so i think that's probably where your where your blanket comes in your saunas that type of thing and eating organic even though organic's not all organic Mine because is. your chickens are eating well what are your chickens eating organic? i don't have chickens uh oh, well okay if i had chickens though um, they'd be oh, eating oh, oh, what? bugs out of the garden and, one last yeah go ahead bugs right right and okay one last thing so uh you're talking about grains and breads my brother's wife the polish girl i told you about that does a lot of research on stuff she claims that unless you take the grain itself and grind it right there and use it within a couple hours, the 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 flour that you buy in the store that have the nutrients on the side of the package, you're getting maybe five or ten percent because they they lose once you grind them, they lose their their nutritional value almost immediately, and so it's just it's just basically a filler. Yeah, that is definitely. Um, there was a really great documentary years ago. Uh, I wish I remember the name of it. I haven't seen it since, but they they do talk about that. How much of the nutrients are gone from going through the process of of you know turning it into Sorry. like the flour, and then you want to get it like within a certain amount of time before it it basically goes rancid. Yeah. It's not so much about you know how healthy it would be otherwise because it's still denatured to a certain extent but it does definitely become rancid well if it's if it's and that would only make sense uh because when it's when it's stored in its when in its grain form it would you would probably think you know properly it would last a lot longer than if it was already ground up and then stored so they probably didn't grind it 
whatever it, it is, wheat, barley, maize, whatever, um, until they went to use it. Yeah, so many things yeah. have changed. Yeah. And that's really, I think, what, yeah. what a lot of our mysteries are going to come down to is that enough little things changed to sometimes cause big problems, and it's hard to track that all back. Yeah, no, exactly. And But hopefully we'll get it figured out in the next generation because uh, I don't know. I, you know, we're, well, we are making quite a bit of progress on, like, the gut bacteria, even though you don't think that the fiber is important. The, the one important bacteria in our gut that feeds, it feeds on fiber, um, uh, so that, on that thing, I disagree with you, but the well, research is so, still out there. Well, but there's some, there's some pretty clear evidence. How come the Inuits were so healthy or the Maasai? They get almost no fiber in their diet. Never have. Right. See, I, I think uh, I, 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 my, I, my theory is know. that the human body is very, very resilient and very adaptable. Except we we adapted to all kinds of different natural conditions around the world. So maybe there were tribes that fiber was a big part of their diet. And we could say, but look, that made them healthier. But then we'd also have to say, but what about these guys? Are they the exception? And there's more than one. There's there's several groups that we know they ate 90 plus percent animal food their whole life. They got almost no fiber and they were... They were still healthy and they still had crazy healthy bacteria. So I think where we went wrong is when, when, when we stop doing things that are natural, we seem to be able to live in Alaska or, or the equator just fine. We adapt to that, but we can't seem to adapt to the modern life. And here's a bigger problem. Modern life is now changing even faster. That, that's the other real problem yeah. we're facing. We couldn't adapt to the way modern life changed so fast in the last 100 years. The problem now is the next no, 100 years, that change is going to come about 100 times faster. But we're never going to adapt to Twinkies, whether we're in Alaska or on the East. Right. Or all these chemicals that never used so, to exist. Right, right. Yeah, that's I totally agree with that. And but just trying to get away from them when you know when when these chemicals are are in your water, when, you know they're um, in the air, they're in the even soil. Even your organic, or, yeah, yeah even in your organic, even even your organic food, if you really tested it, you know you're going to have glyphosate probably in or yet or yet a chicken inorganic chicken and the big food supply absolutely we've already proven that stuff is inorganic not as much but it's certainly there how the hell does glyphosate get into wine but it's there into wine yeah it's there well that's 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 an easy one there's there's like spraying the neighbor the neighbor's spraying his wheat field yeah or maybe they're spraying it in the wine fields hell i don't know they could be using it as a, a you know they could be using it there as well. Now, well, I, I, I can say this, that my garden has got to be way cleaner than almost any organic food you can find, not just because of the way I garden, but where I am. No, right. And what would be neat, and I don't know what the cost is, but I think everybody will chip in a dollar, would be just for just for uh, um, information purposes to take one of your, uh, whatever it is, whatever you're growing, t- one of your tomatoes, for say, and uh test it just to see oh, yeah. what 
Yeah. It'd be just it'd be interesting to see if we if there's any possible way to get away from this shit because if you're not doing it, nobody's doing it. Right. And what else would be interesting too would be to see the nutritional content compared to a conventional and an organic oh. from the store. Oh, that, it, that's got to be that's I bet that comes back three times. You, you would know, think like four times what the store is. You you would think yeah, yeah. but know, that would be that it, would be interesting. Yeah. All right. Hey, Tom, we're going to cut you loose. I can't believe how long we've gone today. Uh, I just looked at the clock. Holy cow. Um, so oh, I'm my gosh. All right. I know. Uh, <laughs> I, Last I, week we were starting Twitter at this time. <laughs> I know. And I here I am talking about working less and retiring, and now I can't even stay within three hours on the radio show I go over. Um, and we still have a space to do today. I'm going to predict that we're going to be starting the space at noon, my time but it might end up being a little later okay. than that. I'm just going to quit, grab something really quick to eat because for some reason I'm really hungry today. Um, and then I'm going to start working on the issue, but I've got an issue I've got to solve before we go live with it. So uh, just keep an eye out and uh, I'll try okay. to send out a notice about 15 minutes early. All right, that sounds good. All right, and I think we're going to make the space short today. I say that, but uh, we'll see. All right. Uh, <laughs> Tomorrow, tomorrow's just a free for all and be forewarned. I might be testing a bunch of new technology tomorrow. So there might be problems and issues. And if those bother you, then don't tune in tomorrow. It might go just fine. I'm hoping it does. I'm going to try to do a lot of testing tonight. But at some point, I've just got to try to go live with this stuff and see what happens. I test and test and test. And then yesterday, the minute I went live, I found a mistake right away. So... And people say, well, why don't you test it going live? Well, I do. And then everybody complains because it didn't work. But I don't know how else to fix it. So uh, that will be tomorrow. I'm going to try some things. Uh, I have no idea what's going on yet for Friday. I'll let you know as soon as I know. So uh, if you want to join us on Spaces, we will see you here in roughly an hour or so. Be safe. Be profitable. Be fit and healthy. Always do the hard work and master the journey.